mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I did legs today. I had my protein shake. I've got whiskey and a green tea. You got whiskey. I've got coffee. I had sushi for dinner. I'm living my best bro life. Sushi for dinner. I did. I had a coupon from DoorDash for sushi, and this bro needed sushi on leg day. Like, never skip leg day, never skip sushi. All right. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to Too Much Free Time Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Hey, yeah. And, uh, you know, John. And John. <laughs> Hilarious, John. Oh, man. Is your mic on? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. He's just not you're there. Not oh, he's Oh, he's gone. Oh, that. Now I feel bad. That hurts. Oh, that it's hurts okay, a little though. bit. This has happened before, but it always feels weird. Yeah. I don't have someone to my right I can touch. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I'm used to like looking at him directly in the eyes, just yeah. like showdown. And then I'm used to looking at you, and then like I keep not looking at him, just how it's positioned. And then yeah, it's now I know, can just look. Now at we have a whole dynamic. Yeah. And we have the candle where Zach sits, and that's that's just in remembrance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's Halloween. It's I'm so excited. I've watched. I've I've watched so many horror movies. <laughs> it's only the second when we're recording it. It's the only yeah. second week of Yeah, ho- it's the 13th October. of October and like I I have watched everything but like the Bollywood stuff on Netflix. I've gone through Huluween. I've I've already seen a lot of that from like the years before. There's not a lot of new content right now, which is a little sad. I watched there's some one inside your house. That movie sucks. Yeah, that looked awful. Uh I mean, Voyeurs, it's like creepy. It's not like a horror movie. I feel like off the top of my head, I'm, I haven't watched that much horror films. And then I feel like throughout the week, I've randomly been mentioning oh, horror man. films I've watched. But I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm excited. This is where I feel like last Halloween, I wasn't that pumped. I'm kind of excited this Halloween. We decided to kick things off, though, by, and since John's not here and we, you know, did not really working out picks, we thought we'd tackle like kind of just a, Cross the cross the plate toss, and we're gonna do the Fear Street trilogy. Yeah, why not try to conquer six hours of film <laughs> <laughs> in a one shot? In a one shot, and you know what? It's okay. I mean, I feel like this is just gonna be like our Star Wars trilogy breakdown. We're gonna just have like more of general thoughts than anything. We got a lot to dive in. I I do want to start it off by just asking, why do you think they released this in June? I, I really don't know. Uh, so I I was thinking about this, and I wonder, and I haven't looked this up, and I saw so I'm completely wrong about this. That's fine. I wonder if originally, because like Stranger Things didn't have season four or whatever, didn't have like a set date. And I'm wondering if Stranger Things or another show that they're like getting ready to release or whatever was scheduled for October. And they didn't want to have it be like a weird competition thing. Squid Game. Nah, I wouldn't have been Squid Game. No one predicted Squid Game. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but I wonder if it was that. And so they slated it for the summer. Just like, okay, we'll we'll release this in the summer then. And then we'll do Stranger Things, whatever, in October. We don't want those two to compete. Because it this whole felt like a, not a replacement, but the thing they're going to do when Stranger Things is done. Yeah. Where they're gonna keep revisiting Fear Street. Oh, and like you, you know, this would have been a good start second week of October, and each week you release a new. Oh yeah, it it feels like it's built for that, and it feels like the the third one could have come out the week of Halloween and it been like the closer. But I yeah, I'm just curious because releasing in the summer, and like you know, people have pointed out like our one of our favorite horror films, Scream, came out like. 
like the week of Christmas or some nonsense. So it it doesn't always have to follow the Halloween rule, but with it being Netflix and it's such a like I said, over the plate just basic horror film kind of Yeah, it's three movies. Yeah, you, you I would have thought this would have been prime for them setting up for a Halloween like Netflix does Halloween right. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I, it was a fun summer surprise, I guess. Uh, did you watch this when it first came out? No. I back to back. It's actually the first thing I watched this October. You just did them back to back? Yep. Did, like really all three of them back yep, to back? I powered through. So you watched six hours just back to back to back? I did. I don't think I could have done that because I watched the first one when it first came out. I, I legitimately like finished it. I was like, oh, I like that. And then I was like, I think part two was coming out that weekend. I was like, oh, maybe I'll see it. And I just forgot about it. And then you watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go back and finish those. So I watched the first one, second one. Then I powered through them. Um, Again, like, they're fun. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to go ahead and say my initial thoughts are worth your free time. They're a fun watch. Yes. I'm prefacing that because I'm nervous. This is going to be one of those episodes where the entire time we're like, yeah, it was fun, but we're just bashing the shit out of it. There are some things to bash the shit out of. Oh, 100%. I just... It's been brought to my attention before that we have sometimes <laughs> a weird, like, two-faced mannerism. Like this? Oh, yeah. The movie I mean, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's one of my favorite. I have, a, I have like, all the Blu-rays of it. It's like, but you spend an hour it's, bashing it. So, not, and I'm not even saying this is in the pantheon of things that I love, but even the things that you love, you know, you can still see some of the problems. Right. But you still love it. Yeah, exactly. I still have yet to find problems for Hot Fuzz, but, uh, you know. That's a that's a road, bridge we'll cross another time. Random, just so Shaun of the Dead, hi hi, uh, reporter guy, yeah. who gets the castle part of the church thing on his head. Is that the omen? Is that an omen reference? When the I think that's supposed to be an, pierced through. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be an omen. Because I, I was watching it, I was like, oh, is that is that where that came from? <laughs> and it made me appreciate that movie even more. <laughs> Let's get back to Fear Street. Sorry, though. sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear Street, love it. I just wish they handled the LGBTQ stuff a little better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just man. have to say that. I, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to ask, how did you feel about the different time? I, the first, I like the times. I thought that was really fun. So, yeah, the first one's 94, second one's 78, 76, 78, 1978. And then part three is 1666, 69. And then it's also 1994 part Again, yeah. two, which could really confuses the names. Because then technically part one is Fear Street part one, 1994 part, part one. one. Yeah. And, if you were to separate this into, into books and you had two yeah. volumes per movie... I mean, it still sucks. Yeah, like I that, liked but. the only part of the time, and we'll get to it when we get to 1666, that, but that was the weakest of the use of the time period, in my opinion. And oh, that's yeah. And that's when the cracks really started to show in the whole concept, in my opinion. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, so they watched The Witch and kind of liked how they talked oh, <laughs> and did gosh. a really bad impression I, of it. I legitimately, when... And we'll go into it more in 1666. But when she opened her mouth and I was like, oh, she's kind of doing an accent. And then she talked, did the whole like stupid password to all the other people. And they all responded with an accent. I literally was just like, we're going to do, we're going to do this. 
<laughs> no one's going to stop this. Yeah. The only one that pulled it off, surprisingly, was the dad. Her dad, who is the teacher from Stranger Things, because like this show has 60 different people. It it uses their sets. It uses their actors. It uses their lighting. (laughs) It uses their font. It's a lot of that. But (laughs) I saw the upside down. (laughs) But uh, he's the only one. His monologue about how he raised her wrong legitimately is one of the best acted, best written, and best performed, like, accent everything in the show and it's so out of nowhere because i kept being like every time they open their mouth i'm wondering how there wasn't 16 people behind the camera going let's not do the accent everybody i feel like let's do one without and we'll circle back if it's if it's worse this should have been a part of their casting you know like can you do that if we're gonna try to tackle you're gonna commit like then let's see if you can actually talk like that because most most of them were very obvious 21st century what ups trying to do yeah 20 gen z up in this piece no tomlinson's (laughs) but yeah and then so with 1994 though the opening was so cool opening was great Loved the loved the scream nod and the guy that was in that was the friend that came uh, that ended up like killing her. Oh, he the yeah the killer. Like I recognized him from stuff. I was like, oh, he's in this show. Yeah, and oh, oh yeah, I got sad too. Guess not. (laughs) I I was curious because again, this was one that I did no research on. So when I saw Maya Hawk, uh, the daughter of Uma and Ethan, the I was like, I was like, oh, she's in this. That's fun. And then, as that went on, I slowly realized, like, oh shit, she's Drew Barrymore. <laughs> this is a bait and switch. I I got it. Like, I it was one of those things where, at the moment, I saw, like, shadow lurking thing. I was like, oh shit, she's dead. <laughs> it was just one of those like, ah, she's dead. This is a scream reference, and I respect it. It's a great one, and I I thought it was handled well. There was only one scene that bugged me, when she does get stabbed in the chest. You can tell it's a fake. Like stab, yeah. like it caves in too much, and it's like super obvious, and that took me out of it. Yeah, for the a number of people I've stabbed, it has never been like. I've that. never punched through their chest. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder than you think, especially there's that bones there. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's your rib cage. Oh man, as someone who has to watch doctors stab people with needles most of the time, I can tell you that's not. This is not it's it. A, it's a dense area. <laughs> but- <laughs> Sometimes you need a little hammer. Get that in there. But uh, yeah, I, but I was gonna say to take a few steps back. The uh, <laughs> take it all back. Take it all back. <laughs> but the '90s part, I kind of had a weird bait and switch with myself on it. Of where at first I was like, "Oh, that's fun," because you know we were kids in the '90s. We loved the '90s shit, and I was like, "Oh, is that gonna be the new '80s thing?" We just referenced the '90s, which I'm whatever about. But I started as the '90s thing went on, being like, "It's not like." The, I mean, they're not really doing 90s stuff. Yeah. And at first, I was bummed by it. And even at the end, when it cuts back to 94, there's a couple scenes when they're back in 94 that I'm like, why is that? Oh, because it's 1994. You know what I mean? (laughs) I got taken out of it. And at first, that made me mad. But I actually appreciate that more. I like it better when outside of period pieces that, you know, you're really back there. I prefer it where the whole where you're not supposed to be like, oh, I get that reference. Oh, that's a reference. Yeah. It's just them existing in the time period. They don't do that with the music, but aesthetically, 
I was down. I was down with that. Yeah, really. The the only thing you notice is the lack of cell phones, and then outside of that, like it it could have happened today. Yeah, and then uh, seventeen or and then the nineteen seventy eight one is there's like three dialogue exchanges that feel like Stranger Things level. Do you remember? Do you remember in the seventies? <laughs> like yeah. that thing. And like I said, the, the outfits, you're yeah. like, okay, okay. And then the music, it's a lot of the needle drops. Cause that was my next question I had written down while I was watching. I was like, I got to ask Peter about the needle drops throughout the whole saga, the trilogy, the needle drop. Well, I guess except for 1666, that'd been fun. Those needle drops. <laughs> Those needle drops <laughs> would have been great. Some loot and liar shit. <laughs> but, um, through 78, 94, I feel like it eased up in part two of 94, but the needle drops, especially in the first one in, in 78, are like every five minutes. And they don't ever finish the song. Like I laughed my <laughs> ass off because <laughs> in seventeen or 1978, there's where he tricks the axe. She tricks the axe wielder guy with the boombox playing into the speaker. And it's playing Carry On by uh, Journey. Mm-hmm. When that cuts off... I started laughing because the song played the same length that they have played every song in the movie. It's like they only bought the rights to like the iTunes preview. Yeah. <laughs> Anymore, we have to start paying royalties. Yeah. There's no Guardians of the Galaxy. I wanted to look it up. I wanted to be like, was there? Is there like a loophole where you don't have to pay as much? Because like when she, in the first one, and like we can go ahead and start and jump into 1994 part one, but. When we meet Dina, our protagonist, from the moment she wakes up to the moment she's on the bus, like going to the football game, I think they went from like Nirvana to Cypress Hill to like they just kept changing the song every five seconds, it felt like. And I kept being like, no, but I like that song. Don't just play that song out. Yeah. No, that song's fine. Like, <laughs> it kept being so frustrating. I don't know what that, that just got under my skin. And I was curious, as a music connoisseur, how you felt about all that. Uh, I mean, I was, I was whatever. I'm here. I was there to have a fun time. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, no, it was definitely noticeable. I just think part of my frustration comes from the fact that like 98% of the music they played throughout the trilogy are hundred percent on my like top 50 most played songs on my Spotify. And I accept that that probably makes me super basic at the very least. Those aren't the songs, but those are the bands. I definitely listen to a lot. (laughs) And like, I mean, I think it's in, it's the beginning of part two yeah, because they cap it off at the beginning and the end. They play one of my favorite songs of all time, Man Who Sold the World, and they play both versions of it that are incredible. They play the Nirvana Unplugged, and they play David Bowie at the end. Absolutely fantastic. Loved both those, and I thought it actually worked with what they were trying to set up. You gave a standing ovation. I got pumped. I, it was one of those things where, I don't know, if you've never listened to the Nirvana Unplugged on MTV, highly recommend one of the few times I've ever like truly been moved by like a live performance. Wow. It's, it, it's amazing. Kurt Cobain's version of uh, where did you sleep last night? It's absolutely blows me away, but let's talk about this stupid movie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we already talked about it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. she wakes up. No, well, should we, we should set up the mall. Cause that is important. It's very important. 
You don't know it's important. You just yeah. think it's a reference, but then you find out it's important. Guy shows up. It's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, <laughs> goes off. And then he comes back and he kills her. And then he gets shot by the mall cop. But he's not a mall cop. He was the sheriff. Yeah. And that was a very confusing explanation, Peter. Mall- <laughs> I, well, I, honestly, though, like I thought that guy was a mall cop. Oh, I thought first. he was the mall cop too. And then he's like, he's the sheriff. He's like, what's the sheriff doing at the mall? I figured he, I figured he had to be more important solely because I thought he was a mall cop. But then I realized, like, that actor's like way too attractive to be like the <laughs> mall cop. You know what I mean? Like, mall cop is definitely pudgy, weirdo, glasses, like crew cut dude that they're just like, you know, you get one line and then he's kind of like in the background. They'll use him for comedic relief well, I mean, later. Like Paul Blart. Exactly. Cop. I mean, like, that's a known actor. Got <laughs> they <him>. got Kevin <laughs> James. What a weird you reference. Could, the be. role could still be mall cop, and he could be important. But the fact that I, it's like the sheriff in the mall at closing, that I was like, what is... Yeah, I mean, because, that's, because that's what's happening. It's the We're opening up on a 1994 mall. The Is it the Sunnydale Mall? Or is it no. in the Shadyville? It's Shadyville. Shady side. Shady side. Shady side mall. The, the sunny side up is. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to remember this because I want to circle back to the. I don't know how the town works. They're like, neighboring towns. But why is there one sheriff? Oh my god! Right? Like, is he the? Is he just the sheriff of Shadyville? Yeah, and but his brother and his brother's the mayor of, of Sunnyside. Sunnyside. Okay. I don't know. They never fully explained that. That's actually... And that's, that yeah. bothered me. I'm I like, really think that's it, though. Because I started to be like, oh, is it one of those weird things where like we call Cool Springs Cool Springs, but it's technically Franklin. You know what I mean? It is Franklin, but it's its own entity with it. You know, I thought it was one of those stupid things. Two high schools, you know, and they like hate each other or whatever. And they did all come together to yeah. mourn. But- yeah, that was confusing. But yeah, sorry. We keep... But it's shady. The mall is shady. Shadyville, because it's a mall closing... Uh, Maya Hawk is uh, is closing up the Dalton's bookstore. R.I.P. Golly, R.I.P. Bookstore. Thanks, Jeff Bezos, you bastard. I miss bookstores. Bookstores were dead before Amazon ruled the world. Just let me blame somebody. Let me blame that bald. I'm blaming our illiterate public that don't read no books no more. No read no books. Um, But yeah, she's closing up her bookstore, and her buddy that works at I'm assuming like the Spencer's Gifts knockoff thing because he's got a sex doll is like hey uh i'll give you a ride home if that's cool and she's like yeah whatever and she's like i just gotta go close up and then he's walking away and there's like a little fly it's like he's like what you say something no you say something you didn't say you didn't say something and she's like no it wasn't me and disappear and that's important because you learn later that means he's possessed by the devil I guess. Well, the this the it's um, not the witch. Well, we learn. Well, I guess at this point we think it's the witch. Yeah, that's another convoluted thing we'll get to when we get to cross that road. But yeah, so then it turns into like a fun little scary scream montage, but in a bookstore where it's a scary skeleton mask ghost person running around with a knife trying to kill my hawk. Couple book saving stabs, <laughs> like. I feel like that happens like three times in this thing where someone stabs someone in the stomach and the book just blocks it. There was actually, side note, too many people get stabbed in the stomach in this. Like it's just stomach shots over and over for a lot. And a lot of them survive. Dude, this movie is brutal. 
it's brutal how gory it gets, which is one thing I wanted to bring up. But yeah, so watching Maya Hawk get offed pretty early was pretty pretty shocking. Like I said, it's the Drew Mori Drew Mori Drew <laughs> Barrymore fake out and scream where you think maybe she's gonna be the protagonist because like you know she's coming off hot off Stranger Things and you know she's she's a bigger name yada yada yada. Nope, she did. Like Peter said, sheriff of possibly Shadyville, possibly Sunnyside. He's just the sheriff. <laughs> Pops that dude in the head. Yeah, Sheriff Nick Good. Nick Good. I. That's crazy to me that his name. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. We'll circle back. I. I hope you were keeping in mind when I told you that last episode with the uh, the whole series was written around one line in the third episode. But yeah, sheriff shoots him, and then, you know, you wake up in the morning, and the news is on, and it's like, another massacre! Yeah, we gotta get, like, a quick exposition dump of basically, like, there's two towns, Shadyside and Sunnyville, and Sunnyville is basically, like, the epitome of wealth and prosperity, and, like, there hasn't been crime there in ten years. Shadyside is Antioch. (laughs) Sunnyvale is Brentwood. (laughs) That's brutal. That's brutal. But yeah, so uh, Shadyville is supposed to be like its own mini Detroit in RoboCop level, like just closed buildings, people constantly getting murdered. Like It's the murder capital of the U.S. Yeah. Oh, they do say that. They yeah. do say it's the murder capital of, capital of the U.S. Which is insane that they have one sheriff. One sheriff. Yeah, you think like SWAT would be running yeah. around that town constantly. <laughs> I thought I had it handled again. The way they casually talk about their classmate murdering another classmate, you'd think like, yeah, you'd think this would be just a shut down town or something. Like people would just move away. But I guess they're too broke to move away because no one can no one can get work because all the shops are closed because of all the crimes. Oh, it's a circle. It's a vicious cycle. But yeah, we're introduced to our protagonist, Dina. It's Dina, right? Yeah. Uh, who's putting together a little like, oh, my ex's stuff shoebox. Oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. Oh, I wrote this note. Fuck you, Sam. Fuck I love you, you Sam. Sam. Fuck you, Sam. Sam. Uh, mixtape. <laughs> hey, I respect that mixtape. When she plays it at the end and it's Hey by the Pixies, I immediately was like, you know what? Dina's okay with me. That was a pretty that was a pretty baller first song in a mixtape. Took six hours and a few <laughs> near death experiences, but Dina, you all right. You all right. <laughs> I got you, Dina. <laughs> Three hundred years of history, but you all right. <laughs> oh man, because again, Pix- that's one of my favorite Pixie songs. Hey, it's a great song. The, uh, but yeah. So, uh, Peter, I told you this when I watched it. How they set up this quote unquote. Like, heavy, quote-unquote, like, twist of Sam's a girl is so absurd. Because, she again, like we said, she's putting together this shoebox of Sam stuff, and it just says Sam. And the first giveaway that anyone watching this should know that it's not going to be a dude is because there would have been... Because a classic trope of these, these types of scenes is there is the Polaroid, or there is... You know, like in modern movies, it's a picture on the phone. But like old school movies, they do like the Polaroid or like the stuff from the mall. Yeah, the the qu- bunch of photo booth pictures, and they like throw them or like they rip them up. There's zero photos. 
big red flag. And how, like, just Sam is that perfect name that can go either way. And just her demeanor and how vague everyone, no one uses pronouns. Mm -hmm. When they talk to Dina about Sam, immediately I'm like, okay, she's a girl. Nobody cares. I mean, the, the small town you're in in the 90s definitely cares. Us as the viewers should not give a shit. Yeah. And it is, it's weird that, and, and I mean, that it's good for what, five minutes? And then they tell, they show you, and you're like, okay. Yeah. The reveal of like, you see the guy and the girl. I, I laughed. I wish someone had just been recording me because I'm sitting there just drinking and it shows the jock and the cheerleader. I'm like, the cheerleader, Sam. <laughs> like, it's like hanging on both of them, waiting for the moment of like, oh, see, Sam's the girl. You never would have guessed. Is there something wrong with that? Yeah, like, are you okay. trying, what are you trying to do to the audience? You're like, come on, Netflix. I don't give a trying shit. To make me feel some, some kind of way. I don't give a shit. Like, I know nothing about these people yet. You got to make me care, Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and and while the um, while that relationship and and you know, like the homosexual relationship, that's very important to the rest of the story. It's right. like, why not just go ahead and start with that? Yeah, because like, it, it's it's a it really is just. For no reason. Right. Because, like, the point you're trying to make about, like, how they're treated because of their love is fine. You can tell that story. Use the town. You're setting this in time periods where it was very much frowned upon. You can use that. (laughs) Don't aim it at the audience like we're the assholes. We're just trying to watch this. I'm just trying to watch this horror movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm the whore. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm sitting in there looking around the room and be like, I'm supposed to feel bad? I don't care. I don't know these people. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Like they're lesbians. Cool. I wonder what the rest of the town thinks. And wait, we also met Dina's brother. Who's oh, who's like the... age undetermined. Yeah. Well, he's a freshman. He's definitely a freshman. Yeah, but he looks like he's 12. He does look like he's 12. And all the girls look like. But to be honest, I think this is a syndrome of, well, Sam looks young, but, and uh, the, the girl that dies via bread maker that's like glued in my brain. That was brutal. Um. She looks young. Everybody else doesn't really look, kind of has that what we think of high school looking movie characters are. So I think they just stick out more as like, how old are they? But yeah, the brothers, the... Josh. Josh, yeah. He's like the nerdy AOL chat room. It's happening again. It's hap- I did respect the, um, the blanket o- fort over his computer thing. I respected that. That was pretty tight. Yeah. Boys jerked off by himself. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, you know he's the like loves Nintendo, always on computers, always talking about the the witch of Shadyville. He's Sarah Fear, but it's not spelled fear like your fear. It's spelled like F E I F I E R. Yeah, we get it. Fear. Yeah, because Fear Street, part one, ninety four, ninety four. That's, that's we're in. Yeah. We're in it. Sarah Fear. For your life, Sarah feared for her life. I'm I'm fearful for Sarah. But Ben, like, so Josh plays the uh, what's what's the kid in it in the it movies that he's like in the library all the time. And he just like knows everything. About oh, the, Ben. Oh, he, Ben. Yeah, Ben. Okay. Yeah. So Chubby Josh, Ben. Josh is Ben, and he annoyed me in it, 
And this, like, I just don't like having these characters in these movies where it's like they just are the encyclopedia for the problem. But that's why, and it's kind of funny because it's moments like those that point out why I love Stu from Scream because it's that idea. He is the encyclopedia, but it's that twist of what he knows is bullshit because it's movies. He, He knows movie rules. Yeah. Yeah, that are that just so happen to apply because he's in one. Right. But it's not the situation itself. Right. Which I think having that half a step removal makes Stu amazing. I do like that Josh is wrong about stuff. They don't make him infallible. Like he he knows things, but he doesn't know everything. Like I I did enjoy that. Like with the um, the Ziggy twist. Like he didn't know that it was Ziggy. Not I don't even remember the name of the other sister. The other sister. Because it's the two sisters. Because that's the other bait and switch shit they try to pull in part two. Because there's Ziggy and her older sister. And that one's framed like you don't know which sister. And the entire time you're like, well, Ziggy lives. Yeah. It's Ziggy. Like, there's no real twist to that. But, yeah. So, Josh, we're introduced to Josh. The dad's out of work trying to, you know... Like all movies. He's dads. out there trying to get work. So she's kind of like the single mom thing. <laughs> They're trying to get work like they do. Like they do. Probably at the bar. Glug, 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 glug. Getting work. G- getting that work in. But uh, so she's kind of pulling the, you know, single mom vibe, trying to keep Josh in line. But she's got her own shit to deal with with Sam. We also found out she quit the band, which really doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. There's a plot point that doesn't matter except for the fact that she has to like sneak into the band to uh, get to the game. And she quit it because of Sam. Right. And then that I guess was like last week. And then sh- we find out she broke up with Sam because Sam moved to Sunnyside be- after her parents got divorced. Yeah. And I, I honestly and like, read she- that as Dina's own insecurities. Well, yeah. Well, and to be fair, when she's like, it's like just a few miles down the road, she's like, it might as well be a completely different world. And it's like, well. That's true. It's one of those things where at when you hear that line, you're like, oh, another like cross the train tracks bullshit circle jerk. Okay. As opposed to then we later realize, oh, it actually is a fucking different world, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, like <laughs> they're in high school. Like, I don't know what her car situation is and can she travel, you know, because like I was like, oh, yeah, it is kind of when people just move and go to a different school, you lose them. Yeah. And then, you know, Sam's already hooking up with the, I'm assuming the quarterback Did of him the other grabbing team. grabbing her butt or whatever. Was, Aggressive. Yeah. But, you know, she's already, so guess, you know what? Blanket statement. They both made mistakes. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's okay. And we're here to admit that. And talk and live through that. We all make mistakes. Yeah, Peter, I'm not going to lie. By the end of it, I was rooting for him. Yeah. I wanted them to be together. At the same time, <laughs> at the exact same time, I hated, con- conceptually, this is the same shit modern movies with male protagonists get flack for, where it's just the protagonist is trying to save damsel in distress. Yeah. It is the exact same. And honestly, I'm happy I realized it with this because now I think I'll be able to see it more as kind of like, oh, what are we doing? We need to give Sam more agency. You know what I mean? Like, as I was watching it, I kept being like, they needed to do something where Dina got hurt and so Sam had to do something or some sort of agency with Sam because she has it in part one. Then after part one, I'm like, I don't give a shit what Sam's doing because she's not doing anything. Yeah, she's zombie She's the damsel in distress. And so like when part three or 
94 part two starts. I'm like, oh yeah, she's still possessed. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? Like I just, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> she, she just gets to not act for the rest of the yeah. time. But you know, all their scenes together, I will give like, they have a chemistry. I really liked them. They were fun. And I liked their friends. Uh, the friends were Drug great. dealing, uh, the valedictorian. Oh yeah. Kate. And then her friend, I liked that. her, her now is Simon. So like, yeah, Simon, were they living together? Why was Simon around her all the time and not her boyfriend? Okay, so at first I thought boyfriend, and then I thought maybe he's gay. Yeah, but like it's also but we the never 90s. See, yeah, but we never see him interact with anyone else besides right. them. So yeah, he was kind of a wild card because up till like towards the end of the first like part one, I just thought like him and Kate were together. Yeah, I thought that for a little and bit too. And then when Kate w- hooked up with the Josh in the bathroom, and he's like, "My man," and you're like, "Wait." Yeah, so- and he gives him like a pep talk later of being like, "You know, you should go for it." I mean, it doesn't matter because she's been turned into bread, but <laughs> yeah, in front of their eyes, in front of and, their eyes, and then Simon just takes the axe to the head. But like, yeah, I, like that whole time I was just confused, but I really liked Simon. Yeah, was, he's he is. I did not. I was whatever about the show. I think it's overhyped. But White Lotus, his character and him in White Lotus. He's in it. Yeah, well, he's. I gotta watch it. He's the son. His arc is the best part of the show, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, Simon's. I thought he was fun in this. I liked that it was just that attitude when he's in the women's bathroom. It, they just don't give a shit. They're like, this is normal. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny that he was painted as the witch mascot for the football game. I liked that. Again, it wasn't like a big deal. It was just more fun character, like world building stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of like the crew we're introduced for 94. It's Josh, Kate, Simon, and Dina. And, and Sam. Oh, and Sam. Sorry. Oh, forgot about Sam. Yeah. Because oh. so like, you know, they, they come together or whatever at the sunny side, shady side. Rivalry football game. Yeah. Under, under Mayor Good has a few words to say. And then, you know, the Sunnyvale guys start shitting on shady side. Yeah, I, I was waiting for the time to bring this up because one of the notes I kept writing down was every time, outside of Nick Good, every time we are introduced to a Sunnysider, they are next level psycho. Yeah. Like next level serial killer on cocaine psycho. Like I, I didn't understand this choice. Much like the accent's, in 1666, I was like, you can't have the entire town be frothing at the mouth cokeheads, like, ready to butcher everyone from Shadyville. Like, the amount of kids that we meet from Sunnyside that tell a Shadysider, I'm going to fucking <laughs> kill you, is insane. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Like, um, I get that they're setting it up as they are evil. Well, and, and I also, like, because of their super cool handling of the Dina Sam relationship, it's like, is this also supposed to be some sort of thing of like gentrification, de gentrifying and looking down on like the other? I think there's like hints of that. Yeah. Cause like this is, it just wasn't very effective for me. Oh, I, I think they, I think they tried to tackle some stuff and it was just a swing and a miss. Cause again, like we said with the Sam and Dina reveal, they never show the town disapproving of their relationship. The only time it's hinted at is that Sam's mom does not like Dina and Sam's current boyfriend, jock asshole is just a, dick. is just a dick psycho yeah. who doesn't like Dina. Cause if they were 
it's one of those things where if Dina was a guy, those still those scenes still make sense. So there's nothing inherently in the movie that makes them go makes me think this town's super anti-gay, which good for them, I guess. Very progressive for a '90s town, small town. So good for them. But I felt again, like we said, it felt like Netflix was pointing that at us as if we're the judgmental ones here. I'm like, no, we don't. Why are you looking at me? Yeah. Introduce us to the characters. <laughs> it's like I watched and felt compassion and get out as well. Like, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like the fight breaking out at the football game uh, felt realistic for the sole purpose of it's weird that they were having that memorial. And then, of course, if Sunnysiders are saying what they were about a dead person... At a memorial. We got some fighting words. Yeah, yeah, that's if anything, that's one of those times where I'm pure I'm very okay with anyone just going up and hitting that person. Catch like that's these okay. Hands. Yeah, catch these cash me outside. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so we're introduced to that chaos and you know, I like the, how it just guts from the fight to them on the bus and it's Kate leading the speech of like, We're gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh my I guess this is a, She's like a, holding ice to her face. Like what a pep rally or whatever. <laughs> but then they're getting chased down. This is something I was curious about. It would be great. I wish we could have had Keaton or Zach on to have some loss per side because the car is pretty much trying to run the bus off the road. Yeah. So that's not okay. And so then the bus throws the Kool-Aid or Gatorade. Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know. Jim Jones. Yeah, they drink at uh, football games. Kool-Aid on right. the sideline. <laughs> they throw the Gatorade <laughs> out of the back and it causes the car to swerve and crash. Both acts are not good. No. But when a car's trying to run a school bus full of kids off the road, I feel like that's the that's the bad one. Mm-hmm. That's the bad thing. It's like kind of self-defense. Yeah, at that point. is there, Can you do self-defense from a vehicle like that? I think so, technically. I think if... I don't know. So I, I spend yeah. a lot of time on that subreddit, uh, idiots with cars, where it's the people <laughs> with GoPros doing stupid shit. And like, I feel like a lot of people break down how certain states have rules that allow you to like defensively drive, and if it causes an accident while you're defensively, you know what I mean. But yeah, that scene was just weird to me because, again, like I said, why are the shady or sunny siders psychos on cocaine? And I say co- I keep saying cocaine because they're so high energy. Yeah, it's not like they're just saying mean shit they are at a 12 every time we meet them like it's the middle of the night in the hospital and sam's boy current boyfriend is like it's <laughs> fucking jacked up like, what are you doing here well honestly it makes it very confusing how sam even ended up in a relationship with a sunny veiler if they are that amped about shady sides you know that's a good point that's a good point Maybe he was like i can change you you were shady i will shine a light upon you that's code for sex. Oh. And so, you know. Yeah, he's, he's like, I can show you the way. Yeah. yeah. It's like a pray the gay away thing, but like he's, all I'm saying is he he might have. He's praying P-R-E-Y. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. He is. Thank you, Peter. He yeah. is. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is exactly. That's what we're going to title this episode. <laughs> <laughs> pray the, yeah. Well, yeah. And this car accident. Wow. It's a pretty brutal car. Accident. I thought they were all dead. I thought they were dead too, and I was like, "This just got interesting." Like, I got psyched, and then the witch thing happened. I was like, "Oh, we're going that way." So the bleeding I, in the ground. Yeah, I was still in it because I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." 
But I will say, I thought they were all dead in the car, and I was like, this just got to a whole nother level. Let's do this. Um, yeah, we're <laughs> high school kids are killing themselves all over my property. <laughs> it does give off that vibe. I um, this is actually a good point. I wanted to bring up the pacing of the whole trilogy. Does it? It strikes me as this idea was originally three seasons of a Netflix show that they bailed oh. on and just made it three movies. Because the way this scene ends, where it's car accident she gets out of the car nosebleed onto the red moss and she's having the flashbacks and it kind of fades to black it feels like the end of the first episode of an you know the netflix series fear street but instead it's like the first 15 minutes yeah you know what i mean it just the vibe of it i couldn't wrap my head around it and i can't decide if i like this better or if I like the idea of Netflix stretching something like this out into 13 episodes when it really only needs to be eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with the... I mean, each movie is close to two hours. Yeah. So well, that's like, why I was really thinking about because they were each two hours, which is crazy for, like, these types of horror films. I, I just... It got me in my head where I'm like, I'm wondering if this was supposed to be a TV show... And they, while they were writing it and actually like setting it up, they realized that doesn't make sense. We're just going to do it as three movies, throw them all together. Because there's parts of it that I really wish it was a show because they could have expanded. Like a lot of the camp stuff in uh, part two in 78, a lot of that feels like if it was stretched over a full season, like say eight episodes, so eight hours, which sounds like a lot when you phrase it like that, but eight episodes, I feel like there would have been more impact on certain things and I would have cared more about certain things. But at the reverse side of it, I wouldn't have wanted to spend half a season or a full season in 1666. Like that right. shit would have been insane. Yeah, and I feel like if if you had too much more material, it would be a lot harder to hide the twist. Because like they, they did kind of get me with the twist twist. Yeah, I like the first part of the twist. I like the first twist, even though I called the first twist. I called the first twist super early, not as a brag, but out of a like, I was nervous they were going a certain way, and they kind of ended up doing that. And that's why I kind of don't like the twist twist at the end. Even though, like like you said, I do think they pulled that off well. Uh, It's just, I I wanted that to go differently. More of a personal preference. I don't think it was like written poorly. Um but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if it was a series, everyone would have figured out what was up. Yeah, because I mean, Super pretty quick. early on in the third episode, you you know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you put it together. And so then it'd be a whole season of you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the twist. Yeah. And then it gets you back into 94, and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, what? But yeah, so car rash, nosebleed. We see the witch shit, and it's just quick cut. Like, we wow. in it now. You know, all that stuff. Cool montage. And so cops are like, what's going on here? You kids kill those other kids. No, that's not what they talk like. But that'd be I, really, wish. I wish. If they all the if the cops had the accents from 1666, they're like, good morrow. Will you perchance driving the vehicle tonight? <laughs> uh, no. But yeah, they, they both played off like it was an accident. Da, da, da. You go your way, we'll go mine. S- you know, Sunny Sider's got to throw in one more. I'm gonna fucking kill you to the Shady Siders, even though it was his fault. Um, and you know, we get a little break. 
Sam goes to the hospital. Dina and her friends go off to do their adventures because Sam's got to go home and check on, or Dina's got to go home and check on Josh. And then Katie's got to go babysit those two kids. Um, and Simon. And then that's when uh, Skull Mask shows Skull up. Mask reappears. And you're like, uh-oh. Because she bled on the floor or something. You're like, how is any of that related? And um, so, yeah, that's kind of confusing. But Skull Mask shows up to Dina's house. We get a little bit of the spooky, scary, like, fake out with the phone call. And the, you know, the, he sees the shadow. A little reminiscent of Halloween kind of seeing the Michael Myers at the window. Um, and they think it's the Sunny Veilers. Yeah, they think it's the Sunny Veilers because they were all wearing masks to like freak them out, piss them off. And then, uh, you know, same thing's happening at Katie and Simon's uh, ghost skeleton ghost face things sneaking around the house. Yeah, they and they both think it's Sam's boyfriend. Yeah, they both. But then it's like, how can he be there at the same time? And they're like, oh, it's probably one of his jerk-off friends. He probably has a car. <laughs> Those rich kids have cars. <laughs> we have bikes. <laughs> well, we, we have bikes because they got stolen by those <laughs> kids from the <laughs> neighborhood kids. Three we just have feet. <laughs> oh, man. It is the 90s. So. What a twist. That Shadyville is the town three the ninjas takes universe. place. <laughs> That's the extended universe. That's why the grandpa's training the kids because they live in a town where people are constantly getting they're murdered. They're right next to Sarah Fear and they're like, we've done this before. And that's why the dad's an investigator. He had to start doing the drugs. Oh, exactly. He can't handle teenagers killing themselves. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's kind of just a lot of quick slasher st- style, like fake out scares. Uh, the but- plot really does derail at this point and it is just like stock horror yeah it really is just out the window because it, well it turns back into kind of what the opening was and that's <laughs> so jarring when you were just introduced to this new red moss like blood shit and you're like so where's this going and then you're in the back of your head you're like we did spend a lot of time with josh talking about sarah fear and there's this whole like town legend about sarah fear a witch who cut off her hand to live forever she cut off her hand as a deal with the devil to live forever, and she's like a curse upon the town. And that's what everyone blames bad things on the town for is the seraphir. So you're like, that's in the back of your head. So you're like, why is there a, a serial killer if there's a, a witch in play? Like, what's going on? But yeah, I liked, I didn't appreciate, I thought it was kind of random, but the uh, drop, Katie or Kate, yeah, dropping the kids off at her neighbor's house to watch him. Didn't think anything of it. Then I realized that's the nurse. That's the nurse from um, part two, 78. Oh, yeah. Because she reappears in three, and I didn't realize it until three. I was like, oh, she still is. That's the, na- that's the neighbor. The same. Yeah. You haven't aged the day. day. <laughs> but uh drops kids off, and they're going to meet up at the hospital, and they're going to get answers from Sam, and they're going to beat the shit out of those sunny siders get to the hospital and they're like sam call your dick boyfriend off our backs he thinks he's so funny trying to scare us he's like but he's been here with me the whole time and he's like what are you guys doing here i'm so mad for no reason <laughs> my cocaine's wearing off <laughs> i just get back from the bathroom of doing lots <laughs> 
Why are you here? He gets nosebleeds, but it's not from Sarah Fear. <laughs> How did that not happen? How did that not happen at one point where someone gets a nosebleed and another person just go, you're holding? <laughs> Don't hold out, man. It's what like, the no. hell? <laughs> yeah, I want to see their cracker possession. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you're like, wait, what? He's been here the whole time. Ghost mask. Stab, 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 stab. Sunny Cider is dead. Holy shit. Which is weird. And I I have that circled as a, I don't understand, because when we learn the rules of how this all shit's playing out, shouldn't he have not been killed? Uh, well, no, it's because he got in the way. Oh, I guess he did if, get in the way. If someone's in between them and their prey, they just, they kill and Okay, you're right. So that wasn't in, that was technically in the way. Yeah. I mean. Oh, this, this, these movies have about three rules and they stick tr- them pretty hard i do like they have the classic this only happens in tv shows and in movies or low budget movies where it's uh you know sam's in the hospital and she's just laying on top of the bed sheet in what she was brought in in like her cheerleading outfit or whatever's brought in laying on top there's no one in there monitoring her there's nothing plugged into her she's just like laying there like it's the school nurse when it's a hospital it's a hospital there there's rules (laughs) (laughs) what's that well, it's a place you take, <laughs> sick, you take pe- sick people. That's not important right now. But yeah, so then Dina, getting all ninja, grabs the IV stand, which again, like I said, isn't you know stabbed into Sam because no. she's just laying on top. Why? Yeah, she's just in a car accident. She's in a car accident, and they're monitoring her. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> they left her in a room. <laughs> it's because she's a shade. She's a shady cider through and through. She's a half shady cider. She's half dark, half light. It also might be because she's gay. Mm. Oh, they quarantined her, and they don't oh, give them IVs. That's discriminatory. That oh, oof. we found out the teen that the town does not like gay people now. That's our proof. All right, uh, but yeah, so chase scene. Yeah, and and they're screaming, and Josh is like showing that he can hack a vending machine. That he's made trying me to get laugh. Kate, you know, whatever she wants. That felt that felt straight out of the '90s hackers, the movie hackers. Remember where it's them just doing like payphone shit of like beep boo beep. Now you get unlimited. Like international college. That's not how that works. That's not hacking. Well, but. and he has that Konami code that he the keeps quoting. Konami quote. Oh like, my god, that part's super dumb. That made me feel old. Did that make you feel old? That like he said that, and someone had to explain it because they knew not everyone would get it. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? The cheats. Where where are they these days? They're just gone. You just get a you get, you get mods for them now. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you do mods, I guess. But like when he says it, I'm like, uh huh. I'm like kind of laughing, and then he like explains it to her, and I'm like, "Oh, they're doing this for the audience. That makes me." And then he's like, "Shit!" That, and then that helps me feel good because <laughs> I'm a nerd, and uh, I ain't got nobody, but I got you. <laughs> yeah, in this Konami code, you're like neat. But yeah, hijinks ensue. They're running around. I think turns out two hospital staff just butchered, butched, butchered. Butcher. Yeah, not butched. What did I say? I said butched. I said butched. You said butched. Yeah, that's, that's my bad. They Stop. They're annihilated. They're both Dina and Sam are not butched. They're very much just basic people. Okay. I'm not going to let you treat them like that town treats them. Hey, I will say they they did play it really well. The, oh. the relationship oh. stuff. I was like, yes, that's actually done nice. Yeah, I 100%. That was like surprising. Like it was a good job on Netflix because it didn't feel exploited yeah. at all. Like, it didn't feel the stereotype. It didn't feel pandering. It felt like how you do a relationship in a movie. And when they were allowed to act, 
I felt like their chemistry was pretty yes, good. Yes, that's what I was saying. Like uh, a lot of their one-on-one scenes that were not, I wouldn't say forced, but you know what I mean? Like it felt genuine. Like their little arguments felt genuine. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just, I appreciated that in the midst of all this weirdness. Yeah, it felt like they had history. Well done. Well done. Well done. Uh, so we're running. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ruby Lane. Oh, the yeah. Singing. That girl. was the other thing about with a series, if they'd done it as a TV show, we could have explored each killer a little bit more that didn't get its own season, like uh, Humpty Dumpty Boy. Well, and and the like, just Milkman. like the first uh, season of American Horror Story. Yeah. Where like each episode, they, they explore a different, yeah, story that, of the house. That would have been fun. I would have enjoyed. Really cool. I would have enjoyed learning more about Ruby Lane. She's my favorite. Because while they're fighting uh, Skeleton Mask, and they pop him in the head, or they knock his mask off, and realize it's the guy from the beginning with a bullet hole in his head. How is he alive? <laughs> and then at the same time, Simon's just like, "Hey, this coked out girl in the middle of the road is singing. Needs my help." This is a wound that I don't understand. She turns. She's got cuts on her face and her wrist. She slices his Achilles tendon, it looks like, but he's fine. He, like, runs the rest of the movie. It's just a flesh wound. It's baffling. Yeah, it is. I do like that they jack the uh, ambulance, that they just steal an ambulance. That's a federal offense. Probably, yeah. Oh, 100%. I doubt it. It's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got plenty more. <laughs> But yeah, so they escape, and it's kind of just this like, what? How? He's dead. How is he? Da, 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 da. And then Josh comes to the rescue, Mr. Partially Written Encyclopedia. It's the witch. What have I been trying to tell you? Because the Ruby Lane is the is the final like card that's like, oh shit, these are all the killers from the past that were possessed by the witch. So they must be coming after Sam because she disrupted the grave when she fell out of that car. Well, you know, she technically like just unbuckled her seatbelt and she just fell on the red moss. But uh, yeah, she disrupted the grave or something. So all these spirits are after her now. So that's kind of exciting. It's like an interesting. It, it, I think that's the most where I connected it to something like Goosebumps because that felt like a Goosebumps level transition of like all this is happening because of yeah. one singular event. And and it's like we spend forty minutes not doing plot. We need 30 seconds to get it back. All right, Josh, you got this. One, two, three, go. (laughs) So anyway, you guys, I know I'm 14, but I have years of experience in this killer. I've been reading about it ever since I was six. The, uh, but after that, yeah, is this, do they drive straight to the grave? I can't remember. Uh... Mm -hmm. Where's the school? No, the school's after they go to the grave. Okay. Because they go to the grave to find... Oh, that you know, that is it. Because they go they go to the grave where the car crash happened with the red moss. To bury her again. Yeah, to rebury her. Because they're like, we must have disrupted the grave. They realize the hand's not there. And uh, this is when the axe-wielding killer comes out of nowhere and chases him. And Josh moves out of its way frozen in fear but moves out of the way and the axe man runs right by him just whoosh, and uh almost gets uh or she, he cuts sam right because sam gets injured at one point she has like the cut on her back yeah but uh and i think then, that was from it and then bleeds and then they're like oh blood 
oh, blood. And so, yeah, then they escape back into the ambulance and are driving away, and then they put it together that they're chasing Sam, uh, Sam's blood, because they realized that all of their previous encounters were solely because they had Sam's blood from the car accident earlier on their shoes, on their shirts, yada, 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 which I liked. I thought that was a fun kind of, like, reasoning twist. And another reason why you need to take off bloody clothes Yeah, after an accident. Yeah, the fact that Simon had that bloody shirt on for as long as he did, I'm like, that, like, not even in a, like, oh, you know, it's a nice shirt. Kind of, I don't even know why you would want to keep wearing that. That's uh, 100% see, of, like, let's take this off. the only thing off. I have. I, I tried wearing it inside out. <laughs> Making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, like, Dina's got on her shoes and stuff. But this is they retreat to the school. To come up with their plan. To come up with their plan of what they're going to do. It's a pretty cool plan. I actually like it. it in terms of it's a little Scooby Doo, Home Alone esque. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised they're able to pull it off, kind of thing. But um, the the what it does essentially is super cool. I liked, I liked that plan because they realized they're they you know take her blood, dilute it a little bit by putting in that mop thing and they also put i don't know what chemical they put in but obviously it's flammable and they like paint lines all leading to a bathroom where they're gonna lock all the killers in there uh while sam crawls through like a vent and then they're gonna explode them and it works like it's it's pretty cool and we have we have the little oh we do get the precious moments yeah we get the (laughs) this is such a jarring scene it is because it's sam and dina are having their makeup moment you know she's she's healing Sam with from her wound, and then you know they kind of start getting and she's physical. Like, you're hot, and then and then Sam's like, "Well, you're hot," <laughs> and then they do girl things. And they're like, "I stole this cocaine from my boy." <laughs> <laughs> the I, again, it screams like only in a horror movie. Because in a real world, even if there was that moment of calm, it's not going to be like, this is a great time for us to have sex. Yeah. Undead spirits are trying to kill you, but like we should just trying to like, get it that. in. If, it's like if you were looking out at the Alamo and, and we're, we're camped out there and you see it and you're like, they're attacking at dawn. Yeah. We've got eight hours left, I guess. Uh, Might as well just have an orgy right now, right? It's like, no, nah, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. And at least that you have time. Yeah, you got a little yeah, this, bit of this. Like, you have no idea what what's happening. Yeah. And everyone's horny in school. And <laughs> while that's happening, though, with Sam and Dina, we get intercuts between that, uh, Kate and Josh having weird... She says they only got to, like, first... It was barely first base, which and, still feels like across Josh's the line. Josh's expression says a little more. Yeah. It feels a little bit across the line because she's probably 17, 18. He's probably, what, 15, 14, 14 15. 14, 15? That's how old freshmen are. Yeah. So that still feels a little weird. And then even weirder is we're just cutting to Simon in the bathroom by himself, and he's just, like, feeling himself. At first, it's metaphorical, and then he really starts feeling himself. And I feel like it was a setup for a joke that happens next, which is when they all reunite in the hallway and it's Simon being like, oh, yeah. you two totally boned. And that's <laughs> funny. And then he's like, no way to Josh and Kate. It's like, you two, everyone boned. So did I. And you're like, <laughs> wait, <"The> fuck. <laughs> With crazy ax wielding guy. 
and again, this is all setting up for, it's not a complaint. It's more of a, what tone are we going for here moment? Because this all seems still lighthearted goosebumpsness. This feels like, you know. The tone is bipolar. Yeah, it's it feels very much like, you know, this isn't a kid's movie by any means, but it feels very much like the teen books. Campy. Campy. Not young, like young adult novel level, but like that kind of spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then when people really start fucking dying. Yeah, the kills, you're like, what the fuck? I, yeah, it's jarring. We're like, I, what? what? Like, I'm not even like upset. I'm just like, what happened? This this happened? It, it's so absurd. Because even this next scene, you know, because their plan works. They lure them in there. They blow them up. Pretty cool. The gore that's all over the place, you're like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. But it doesn't feel gratuitous. It almost feels comical because Jackson Pollock painting all over the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's all gooey and shit. And then you're watching them all reform. You're like, oh, another very Goosebumps-esque thing is a reforming goo glump. Like that's in like six different Goosebumps That's terrifying. But uh, yeah. So they're like, oh shit, it didn't work. And so they're back to the ambulance, run away. Then, then we're setting up. Yeah, because then Josh is like, wait, someone did survive. Well, yeah, well, because, um, oh, yeah, we, we don't want to skip this because this is actually a moment of agency I appreciated from Sam. It's the one, honestly one of her last moments of agency um, is the, they're after her. We can't kill them. We have to save ourselves. Let's just fucking give them her because they're not going to stop until she's dead. And it's the whole dude's like, we can't just go into that. We can't just give her her. And they're like, they're going to kill us all. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I got too excited. I was a sunny sider for a second. <laughs> but, I thought it was powdered donut on your nose earlier. Oh, no. I, I don't need powdered donut. <laughs> but um, obviously, and then Sam's like, no, you guys are right. I should do this. And then it turns out later, really when you like lay out the body count and everything that happened, maybe Sam should have. They should have just let Sam die when you really think about it. However, the, you know, they do the whole bait switch where she's out there and she's ready to die. And I'm like, oh, actually, real recognize real Sam. I get you. I got you, girl. You good. And then they yank her back and they're like, we found another way. Because like you said, Josh is like, wait, somebody else did survive before. A sea, I almost said Baggins. <laughs> Berman. Sea Berman. And they're like, oh, and they grab her and then they try to call her, but... It's just Gillian, Gillian Jacobs answering machine. That was kind of a fun twist. Cause I didn't know she was going to be in that, but I definitely recognized Britta's voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was very much, I, I even had the inside joke of just the like, oh, Britta's in this. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes from the community. Just, oh, Britta's in this. But yeah, now they retreat to the grocery store for the final showdown where they're going to, I guess they just like set up traps to let everybody know where they're coming in from. And I guess they're going to try to, I don't really know what their plan is. They're just going to try to stop them. Yeah. They're trying to delay them so that Kate can assist Sam in killing herself via ODing on pills. Like Simon's brother did. Yeah. Even though they brought Simon's brother back. And then I feel like one of them should have been smart enough to know that EpiPens probably aren't this equivalent of stabbing someone with adrenaline. Yeah. It's, it's no Narcan. Yeah. That's not the same when they were explaining that, I was like, uh, 
I don't know a lot, but I know that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kate may be a pharmacist, but yeah. Also, I even knew the like when she's just stabbing her in the chest with him later, I was like, even I know you you pinch the skin and then you stab into the fat because it's not the needles aren't big enough to like you're just stabbing into sternum. Like that's not doing shit. You gotta do a, grab a little bit of a f- skin, you just push it in, get in that fat, and you're like, ah, oh, oh, now I'm not gonna die from peanuts. <laughs> that and CPR. And CPR. But it's just kind of a weird plan. But the idea is basically going to have Sam die, then bring her back, because then it's like a loophole to um, the whole curse. Yeah. Literally, they know that's not what this is about. Like the devil's back door or whatever. <laughs> wow. The uh, I'm not going to acknowledge it. We're going to move past it. The <laughs> Anal. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, plan doesn't work. But... This is one, like we were saying, the tonal shift here is so fucking crazy. Because we we mentioned it earlier, but this is where Simon gives Josh the pep talk of like, hey man, she's not a nice person and she's nice to you. That means you have a shot. You know, like he's doing the whole like pep talk and you're like, wow, Simon, that's awesome. And then they, this isn't the scene where Simon gets the ax, but it's still pretty fucking brutal because the ax man is coming after Simon and skeleton face is coming after Kate and they're you know chasing to the grocery store or whatever Kate getting put on the table sliding towards the bread slicer is framed in such a way where you think yeah Josh is going to come out of nowhere and save her and it's a nice like heroic moment yeah nope no we watch her head get cut into slices I even expected like I was like oh if she's going to die they're going to at least kind of cut away and maybe just show the blood like hit the skeleton mask nope no nope no. we see it and holy shit is it brutal yeah that is so brutal <laughs> like I was genuinely blown away yeah she's screaming and she's not oh my gosh like that stuck with me for sure and then uh Simon and Josh Josh run in they see her and they're like oh no and he looks to Simon Simon's like oh and then he gets just axed in the face and then it's not the first axe to the face that got me but the follow-up where i'm like <laughs> he's you want to just josh be like he's fucking dead leave him alone this is when her zombie killers doing double taps yeah crazy but yeah so we lost two main characters pretty quickly at the end when we thought we were gonna make it out clean because at this point the, she's thrown up the drug, so that's not working. Yeah. So Dina's like, I got an idea. Yeah, lobster <laughs> thing. <laughs> Drown her in the, in the lobster tank. That's, can you imagine, like, drowning your significant other because it's going to save them? That's some, like... There's layers. They're going to go to therapy after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I killed her. I love her. I, I love her. I killed, I killed her because her. I had to save her. <laughs> <laughs> did you, what did you just say? <laughs> Your Honor, my client is clearly <laughs> under duress here. <laughs> and then Sam's like, "No, she had to do it." It's like this. It's a classic abusive relationship. Oh man, it's brutal. But yeah, so that works when you know, because as soon as Sam dies, ghosts disappear. Woof saving their lives and then we get the dramatic like will she bring her back to life will she bring her back to life she brings her back to life it's fine <laughs> yeah that's okay yeah she stabs her like nine times with the uh, 
the EpiPens. Again, like we're saying, shouldn't have done shit. She does CPR, which should have been the first thing she did because she drowned her. Yes. At least do some chest compressions, get the water out of there. <laughs> That's what it did. It The water was diluting all the epirephal or whatever. But yeah, so Sam's back and you're like, wow, we made it out okay. And then we do get kind of a sad, I like this because if this had been the final, like if, if this was only a one movie, I actually like how this ends because it's actually pretty cool in my opinion of... They interview the sheriff's like, you can tell us what happened, but what it looks like it's going to happen and what everyone's going to think is going to happen is that your two friends who are known drug dealers went crazy, tried to kill you, and you killed them. And it's like, no, that's not what happened. And, you know, it's back and forth. And they just accept, like, no one's going to believe us. Let's just let that story go. And it's kind of sad, but you're also like, that's fucking true. Yeah. No one's going to believe this. So they're just going to think we fought off two of our friends who were drugged out of their mind. That's super sad. Super sad. And you're like, oh, and so, you know, everyone's going to think they're killers. And then, but Sam, Sam and Dina are reunited and she finally gives her the mixtape. And, you know, jo- I like the Josh IMing with his online girlfriend of the, uh, did you hear about the two druggies? They weren't druggies. They were my friends. Yeah. They were brave. All right. True. Nerdy went out and touched grass for a day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> like, let's calm down. <laughs> but yeah. Plays- oh man. Dino with like Sam's, Sam's mom sees her. He's like, come on, Sam. And then, you know, she's like, I'll see you uh, tomorrow. Or, you oh, know, I do like this. I did like, like that. Yeah. Like, I'll see you tonight. Or Goes up, kiss her. I'll see you tonight. And you're like, oh. And you're like, that's great. I'm terrified your mom's going to beat the shit out of you yeah. in the car. So like. Play that safe. Your mom keeps the book of Psalms and Proverbs, like hardback edition in the console just for this. How crazy would it be if it's like showing the car driveway and you just see the mom throw a massive backhand just against her. Just like, oh shit. And then you hear Sam go, this is exactly what dad did to you, eh, mom? And you're like, oh my. I didn't know it was this kind of movie. super shady. (laughs) But yeah, they're laying on the bed. But this is what I'm getting at. Like, because it's that sadness of the friends thing. You're wrapping up the, you know, the storylines. Our couple's together. Everyone's excited about it. We're like, yeah, you know, they were great. High five. They're laying on the bed, listening to the mixtape she made. Pixies is playing, and I'm all happy. I'm I'm feeling all (laughs) warm and cozy inside. I'm like, this is my idea of a good time. And then the phone rings. Well, first it's the knock, and it's some weird joke about, like, you ordered pizza, whatever. I don't really give a shit about that. But phone rings, and it's... See Berman. And she's like, you called me. Yeah, thanks for all the help you did, dude. It's like, but we figured it out anyway. We we ended it. It's never over. Mm. And turn around. Sam staying, standing there all zombified, stabs Dina in the stomach, cuts a black. And honestly, I was so pumped that was the ending. I was like, holy shit, yes. But then they ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> they changed one. They changed the song again because they can't play a song for longer than thirty seconds. Allergic, and then it cuts to more. You think it's the credits, and they're doing like a weird post-credit thing explaining that she tries to stab him again. She's still more zombified, but they like tackle her and tie her up, and then call C. Berman back to be like, "What are we gonna do?" And then it's like a trailer for part two coming up. 
And I was like, oh, if it had just ended with Sam's, even if they were doing a part two, what an amazing ending. You got the song plan that's kind of like hinting at the devil witchiness. You know what I mean? You got that fade to black. You're clip, great cliffhanger. You're like, oh my God, Sam's possessed. Because in my mind at that point, without knowing what was going on, I was thinking in the same way of like, she's like one of the killers now. She's not real. She's dead. And you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. thought it was one of those because they killed her. And just like the other killers were killed. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was something like that. I was like, oh, this is so epic. They kind of killed that. But I liked, I, other than that, I really did like how that ended. Like the cool. wrestling, and then like Josh just nerding out on his computer, ignoring everything. Yeah, can't talk now. I'm raiding. <laughs> it's not wait. <laughs> he sh- they should have unplugged the phone by accident in the scuffle. He's like, oh, thanks. It has to go upstairs and be like, what are you even? Do- oh my god, someone better be dead. <laughs> what a great line. Someone better be dead or dying. <gasps> It's just, oh my god <laughs> yeah this is not a PSA about the dangers of homosexuality either do not take that lesson because that's what you, someone might have been like see guys this is why it never pays <laughs> you're like no 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 finish the series there's more where this came from yeah but yeah and so I mean I know we spent forever we spent ever talking about most of the trilogy so we can kind of go through these next parts a little bit quicker I mean the second the part two really is not a lot it's not a lot, but it's my favorite solely because I'm just, and I think anyone who gets into horror loves this era of horror that it's, you know, referencing, that it's kind of based around. I feel like, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like whenever I meet someone that's a fan, like a real fan of horror films, not just like, ooh, I like scary movies, but like really enjoys horror films when they're done right all talk about this era of the slasher and you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like the seventies, early eighties, like this is that like sweet spot of just like really fun, inventive foundations that we see a lot now. So that's what I really enjoyed about going back there. Plus like the music's great. Um, also I, I brought this up with um, someone else. I was talking about this movie. I know we've been talking about how great, uh, Dina and Sam were and you know acting wise like they were believable and you know all that stuff I think um, I'm gonna double check that I get her name right the actress who plays Ziggy Sadie Sink Sadie Sink I think legitimately she stole every scene she was in just because she felt so charismatic like some of her lines are awful but she says them in such a way where I don't mind because she's saying it with intention yeah like I 100% buy that she's going to be one of the Stranger Things kids that actually, like, go further. Because, at least from what I've seen, she's one of the only ones that has a general, like, positive, charismatic vibe. So, I I really enjoyed her in this. I thought she was great all the way through. I didn't like this weird misdirect they set up at the beginning where it's, you know, because they go to Gillian Jacobs' house and they're like, how did you survive? Um, you know, what, what do we do? How do we save our friend? I did like that. They just go out to the trunk of the car open and it's Sam tied up and she's like, no, yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) you get out of here. (laughs) I liked that. I liked that. They tied her up in the bathroom and Josh had to be like, don't, don't worry. She's, she's fine. Like kind of like (laughs) listening and her like breaking. She was like, nah, she's fine. She's fine. (laughs) 
I Good liked, old humor. I liked that. That played. Um, do they ever explain the clocks? I had that in my notes. I don't think they ever explain why she has all the clocks. Because she's like 60. And they're framed behind her a lot. Where it's a, like, I feel like they were supposed to be something. Like, I don't know. I, I wanted it to be like she was, that at a certain time she sees them or something. I don't know. I do feel like, I mean, she had a pattern that she, or it seemed like she was doing something like OCD about her day to day. She kept like a, a rhythm. In order to be safe, she had to do everything just right or something. Named her dog Major Tom. That was one of the first giveaways that she's Ziggy. Because, like, why would... You know what I mean? Like, her name's Ziggy. Obviously a reference to Ziggy Stardust. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It was one of those weird misdirects. But she tells the story. Well, because you could also be like, oh, naming after your sister. But that seems weird. Like, I feel like if I'm going to honor and name, like, my dog after a dead sibling... I feel like it's weird to be like, well, she was named Ziggy, and that's a David Bowie reference, and Major Tom's a reference to, you know, one of the famous David Bowies. Like, I feel like that's almost too much. I mean, it could have easily just been that, but I felt like immediately I was like, well, it's got to be Ziggy, right? I forget the the exact line, but there's something that, like, is it Cindy, the older sister? Um, oh, yeah, Cindy's the older sister. Something that she said ruined that she was the one that survived um oh really does she give it away but uh yeah so we it's basically a story within a story because we're told the story of what happened at camp nightwing um which you know we got as a reference in the beginning of the first one is one of the areas where a massacre happened you know shady shady side massacre um, yeah, with the axe and the Mr. Axe Man with his little sack on his head. Yeah, which is obviously a Jason reference. Um, I didn't like how the mask. I didn't like the sack. This how he got the sack on the head. That felt so weird. Like I thought he. I thought it was gonna be like it was set on fire and just melted to him. But it's just like she pulled really hard on it and it stuck to him. I don't. Don't get that. But. Yeah, so we're basically just introduced to, you know, it was the last week of camp at uh, Camp Nightwing and uh, kind of a funny opening to it of just Ziggy running through the woods and she just gets fucking clotheslined by this dude who looks like he's 30. Yeah. And he's not a counselor. He's one of the campers. <laughs> that blew my mind. Uh, apparently when, campers can be held back. When <laughs> when the other two counselors show up, I was like, they're the counselors? <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks like a father. I was like, why is the 30-year-old man still in camp? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really hard to tell who the counselors and who the kids were. Yeah, they didn't make that cuz you know, it's one of those things that's kind of funny in when you look back at old camp horror films, how drastic it is because the counselors look like they're 30 and the campers look like they're six. So it's such a massive divide. But yeah, they needed the, like the only counselor I bought as a counselor, well, counselors were the Shady Siders. The four, Alice, I forgot the dude's name, and then the, Tommy and Cindy. The, yeah. Um, those four. Because they, lo- well, and the psychopath from Sunnyville that, sleeps with the hippie girl who after having sex 
This is why I know they're all on fucking cocaine. <laughs> he, he has sex with the hippie girl, immediately goes to the bathroom, and she like makes some thing about like that was great, and he's like, "You better not fucking tell anybody, or I'll fucking kill you." Like you just had sex with this girl. You have to be doing lines of coke in there to be this amped <laughs> up for no reason. Yeah. My dad always said, "Don't stick your stick your dick in uh, Shadyville." Yeah, don't <laughs> stick your dick in the shade. <laughs> dick needs the light. <laughs> but yeah, they think. What if that's the back door? The back door is Shady, <laughs> <laughs> and the front what? is Sunnyvale. I don't the think Lord's I'm, way. I don't think, <laughs> Sunnyvale. I don't think I'm with you on that. One. <laughs> I'm gonna roll with that. That's my head cannon. <laughs> That's what the book's all about. The Carl uh, Stein, what a stinker! <laughs> but yeah, so Ziggy, Ziggy's being attacked by three sa- Sunnyside vampir- vampers, <laughs> campers. Yes, Sunnyside campers, because they think she stole money or something. And I don't get it. Did she steal money? I had that in my notes because they pull out money from her pocket. Yeah, I, I don't. And they accuse her of stealing something. And being a witch. Well, I think they're just like calling her a witch because like Shadyville and they've got a witch and we don't like you. I mean. Ziggy bitch. Witch bitch, Ziggy. They were literally about to murder her. Yeah. That's. I, I'm so baffled by this. The I, I, If I was one of the counselors in this moment when they break it up because, you know, they have her hands tied to the tree. And at first I thought they were going to hang her. And so when he said like hanger like tired of the tree where I thought they were gonna try to like hang her. I was like, um, what? But hands still bad, and they were gonna burn her, and they start to burn her, burn her arm with the lighter or whatever, and the camp counselors show up. Nick Good, our future sheriff, uh, showing up as one of the counselors, being like, Hey, what 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 a, what internations is going on here? I'm a good guy, I don't swear. I'm the good guy. Good, good. Nick Good with an E. I am Nicholas Good. I'm not bad. I'm good. I'm good. Nick Good. <laughs> but when that happens and they're doing the whole like Ziggy stole the money, da 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 and they're like when the counselor's like, listen, if we tell anybody about this, we're gonna get in trouble. Look at her arm. I would have been immediately a counselor's like, No, no, we should tell on these three psychos who just tied a girl to the tree and burned her, because that's like six different levels of assault. So maybe we should deal with that. Oh, she may have stole some money. Fuck that shit. I'm pretty sure these three psychopaths are going to be serial killers. We should notify authorities. That's attempted murder. I mean, essentially. the. Uh, but they're like, oh, I mean, I guess we'll just call it square. Okay. It's because they're shady siders. Get it? But yeah, then we're like quickly introduced because, you know, Ziggy's all mad and Ziggy and Nick have a little moment, and then we're introduced to the relationship of Ziggy and Sydney. And Sydney, Cindy, Cindy, sorry, Cindy, Sydney, Dy, Dy, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy's nuts, Cindy, Cindy, Shady Cindy, yeah, Factor Cindy. Oh my God, nope, no, she's not about that. We learned that pretty quickly. Oh well, she would have been because she's climbing, she's uh, scrubbing the latrines. And but when we're introduced to <laughs> exactly that, <laughs> we're introduced to their relationship, and it's clear that Cindy is 
a shady sider who wants to be like the sunny side. She's trying to be like an upright citizen. She wants to get out of here. She wants to go to college. To be honestly, I don't know why everyone's hating on her. I'm like, I mean, she's got the right idea. She needs to know her place. <laughs> she's a shady filler, shady sider. She's a little uptight, and we're introduced to her because like we see her get the red moss in her shirt, and she's all upset about it. I like I like her and her boyfriend's relationship, where the boyfriend's very much just like able to push those buttons without it seeming like across the line. Mm-hmm. It's just him. And I, I do, even though it's not, doesn't land completely in the end, I do appreciate the reoccurring joke of you swore whenever she says something that actually swears people call her I'm like, Oh, you swore. I, I liked that. I thought that was a funny joke. It helps characterize her. It's cute. Was, and she was fun. She, I didn't think she was great. And her, I felt like her, character even though it did kind of go over go have like an arc i i still think she was a little bit one-dimensional you know what i mean so like i again like i said i liked ziggy better her just kind of dynamic in the thing was more fun it was more entertaining but yeah so you know tom who we find out is gonna be the serial axe murderer yeah how do we find that out what's our first hint Cause isn't the is it the red moss? Is it a red moss thing, or is this when the nurse attacks him? The nurse when they're cleaning the mess hall. Oh wait, cause Ziggy already went to the nurse. Cause we're introduced to the nurse first, and she's cool, calm, collected. Well, she's a little off, but she's not like super red flag. And then cause Ziggy saw her book that's like the witch's mark and stuff like that on it, and she's asking about that, and that's when she's getting her arm wrapped up. And the nurse is Ruby Lane's mom. Mom, which is the connection. Ruby Lane was the serial killer. Ruby Lane, you're in my ears and in my... Did they play that song? I don't think so, no. That's weird. Missed opportunity. Well, it's Penny Lane, which is probably... No, I know, but I just meant that would kind of been fun (laughs) to do Penny... I mean, I I don't even think you you can mention the Beatles. That's a good point. But I mean, like... I don't know. I wouldn't say it was too on the nose, but I mean, they did the, this episode starts with Man Who Sold the World by Nirvana because it's the 90s and it ends with Man Who Sold the World, um, David Bowie version because that's the 70s. Like, they were a bit on the nose with some of that stuff. They thought about it. Well, and you know, when you know what happens at the end of this one, it really is a bit on the nose because the dude legitimately like sold the world kind of vibe. Anyway, but yeah, so the nurse little bit shown to be a little bit off a rocker seems to be Ziggy's only friend at camp which is sad but again we're not really seeing what has happened throughout camp we get like hints that she like set some flag on fire she did something else like she's done things that should have gotten her sent home she's a rebel this is her last strike yeah last strike and it's her last year as a camper because next year she's gonna be a counselor she brings that up with our our good boy Nick yeah, so like once we kind of got the lay of the land, because we got the psychopath shady siders, we got our counselors that we're gonna follow that are Alice, the short haired blonde girl, her boyfriend, then we got hippie girl who goes off and sleeps with the psychopath, then we've got Tom. It's Tom, right? I'm not messing up. Tommy Slater. Yeah, Tommy Slater, and then Cindy. So that's kind of like the vibe of who we're going to follow. It's the last week, so you know what that means? Color war. Red versus blue. Shady side versus sunny side. And as the one counselor puts, good versus evil. (laughs) 
Wow. Really intense. I'm not going to lie. I, I, it had to have been played for comedic purposes. It doesn't seem as much like a joke as much as it is to be like, look how psycho they are. But the juxtaposition between that announcement, like him doing that psycho chant, and then Tommy being like, all right, guys, we're just going to you know go out there and we're going to do the best we can. Oh, no, it wasn't Tommy. Oh, it, it was, was the, the girl. It was the hippie the girl. Hippie girl. Uh, yeah, that's well, it. Well, hmm. Us shady siders, we're going to do what we always do. And nothing more or less than our best. Kind of like I thought that was funny. Like what in the world? Yeah, it's like what's what is happening? <laughs> I needed one. I needed one camper to just look around and go, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is. Um, they go. What are they doing in the mess hall? Are they just cleaning the mess hall and the nurse attacks? Yeah. But yeah, the cleaning the mess hall and the nurse attacks Tommy. Because Tom, she saw Tommy's name on the wall. We don't know what that means yet, but she saw Tommy's name on the wall. And you know what? Underneath it, it said for a good time call. And that you know what that means? Uh, that means shady side. Shady side. Oh, man. Those latrines, by the way, looked atrocious. Yeah. And it didn't Did seem... campers not know how to shit right? It also didn't seem like there was... No one would have used the red moss stall. That would have been the red flag of like, maybe we should move the latrine because one is infected by a, a plant we can't get rid of. But also there didn't seem to be any signifier that there was a girl's latrine and a boy's latrine, which means that they shared that one latrine. I mean, they there were stalls, so that's not the issue. It's more the issue of I'm in like middle school, early high school, like freshman or something. I wouldn't have been able to shit the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> You're going in the woods in the yeah. river. <laughs> or something. Yeah. I'm not going to go in the latrine and risk some cute girl from oh, camp man. being in the stall across for you while you're <laughs> fucking dropping <laughs> camp. I'm going to be uh I'm going to be real honest right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did weeblos in elementary school. It's like Boy Scouts pre we went on some camping trip or whatever. <laughs> it was around Halloween time because we like told scary stories, whatever. You tell in the dark. It was like super cold the first night that we we spent, and like I had to, sh- I just had to poop, and I I didn't know where the bathrooms were or whatever. And then I uh, I just went outside the tent, like a foot and a half away from the tent. What? It was, and it was a big old one. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, and I, and I like I couldn't wipe or anything. That was that was something. But then when we're like breaking camp, <laughs> my uh, dad stepped in it and <laughs> slipped, <laughs> and he's like, "What the shit?" <laughs> so, oh my god! That's a true story. Fourth grade me <laughs> took a deuce and my dad slipped in it. <laughs> shit exactly <laughs> that's my camp story oh my god i would like i've i've shit in the woods and never even close to anything like that happening <laughs> yeah and it's like the tents were around each other too so I'm like, yeah, what <laughs> were you thinking it was cold dude it was dude, like 3 a.m i was just gonna talk about how it's awkward <laughs> when you have to do that and you've got the headlamp on so you're out in the woods but you gotta have the headlamp on and so <laughs> you don't even have to go that far. So if, you're, if you're not super far away or a tree's not blocking you, everyone's just seeing a stationary light <laughs> while you're just shitting. Everyone nods. <laughs> Good luck out there, champ. I was going to say that. Oh my God. That's yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, but that would have been very uncomfortable to have to share a latrine like that. <laughs> it, would, it would. Yeah, bring it all back. Bring it all back. Oh, man. So, yeah, Tommy gets attacked, bumps his head pretty hard, but uh, they're able to wrestle the nurse off before she stabs him. Nurse gets taken away to the loony bin. Classic I, possession by Sarah Fear. This, honestly, like, it felt corny, but also is the most accurate dis- like interaction between like in this situation when Nick Goods talking to the deputy and he's like Nick how you doing he's like I'm doing okay I think his name's like Frank or something I'm doing fine Frank he's <laughs> like Fraskin. you know we're all sorry about your dad he was a great man he was yeah he's a great man like kind of not him he's like <laughs> all right I'm excited to see you like join up in the force like can't hey, you know just remember to be nice to me when you're my boss like kind of joke thing I'm like I hate that, and I've experienced that, and it feels so real. It's so annoying. I don't know why anyone thinks that's fun to like talk to someone like that about. It's so bizarre. But uh, I thought that was fun, and also it's nail on the head, like kind of reiterating this isn't it good. He is going to become the sheriff. He's the prince of. We already know prince of Sunnyside. Doesn't doesn't Ziggy call him that prince of Sunnyside? Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, we also found out something happened to Ziggy's bunk, bunk five. She goes in there and it's all trash and says like Ziggy the witch bitch and Ziggy bitch and she's a witch and things are just torn up. What's she going to do? She's going to get back at them. Exact revenge. So she goes to the art room to get some paint. This Remember is- when you could like express yourself through art? This was actually seemed like a pretty fun camp. They seemed like they had a, a legitimately everything. Like, I guess. Well, what uh, camp did you know of had like a wildlife shit in it? Well, yeah, but that, like what camp is this? I mean, that's a good question. I don't think it's... I mean, I think camps back in the 70s probably were less like... I feel like camps nowadays are more purpose-driven where they're either about hiking. They're either about like you know, a sport or they're about, you know what I mean? Some act specific activity. And they're, I think back then it was more of the, your parents don't want to have to deal with you this summer. We're going to send you to basically school without school where you're going to hang out with people. Yeah. Your parents want to, want to fuck kids. Well, they just, they just can't deal with you during the day. Yeah. We got lives. We got jobs. It's either you go to camp or mom develops an alcohol problem. Like one or the other. What do you want? And sometimes we still have both. I do think it was funny. We, we talked about this with heavyweights, but uh, it's funny to watch these and just think like, did I miss out on things by not doing like a camp like this? At the same time, I was like, I don't think I would have enjoyed a camp like this. Yeah. I mean, who wants to experience a herpes outbreak? <laughs> <laughs> not me. But you know what I mean? Did you watch this at all and think like, oh, it kind of would have been fun? Because like part of me thinks I would have gotten into it. Like, especially, like, the Color War stuff, like, oh. Oh, that stuff is fun. But, you know, like, part of me thinks, like, you know, I would have gotten into it. But also, I put that in the mindset of, you know, if it was, like, me and you and, like, John at the camp as kids, yeah, we would all have been on the same page and, like, go for it. I feel like if I went, I'd probably just, not, like, Ziggy Loner, but I definitely could easily see myself falling into the, like, I don't give a shit about any of this. Like, I don't know why I'm here. To take you back to that Weeblos camp where I shit <laughs> outside the tent. The shit So, tent. like, 
we had a war going on between the fourth and the fifth graders and like the fourth graders had a fort in the woods and then the fifth graders had like a ship out near the lake or whatever and that was like our bases of command and we fought with like sticks and stone like it was kind of insane and we were we were sieging each other. I hope I hope kids can still do that these days. Ooh, it was awesome. I hope I hope things haven't been too bubble wrapped for them to where they can't do that anymore. Like I understand there are psycho there were psycho kids when we were little that would take things like the step too far. But for the most part, like rock wars and shit were just fun. It was just the idea of like I don't know. You kind of learned where the line was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the line was red. <laughs> and when we when we hit someone and red happened, it's like, yeah, don't do that again. Or when you hit somebody and it hit hurt you just as much, that's when you were like, oh, shit, that probably wasn't good. That was, Sorry, bro. And yeah. you hug it out. Just hug it out. You always hugged it out. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah th- those are fun. Yeah, those are fun. But getting back to the Fear Street, we got kind of diverting plot lines. We got Sydney. Cindy, oh God, I keep flipping it. Sorry. Cindy is trying to figure out why the nurse went nuts. She's kind of freaked out by it. Tommy's got an on again, off again headache, which we're slowly learning is that he's being possessed. Um, he's got a fly buzzing in his ear. And then Ziggy is in her room uh, mixing up some red paint. This is the part that I was I referenced earlier where I was saying that it gets a little bit too... Don't you remember, like, the 70s? Because it starts with Nick Good coming in, and I like his opening line. He's a smooth dude. It's Nick Good. Can do no wrong, right? He's a good guy. He's like, love what you've done with the place. She's like, I didn't do this. He's like, huh, could have fooled me. Oh. You're like, oh, smooth Nick. <laughs> Counselor sliding into a camper's, you know, DMs. Yeah, and it's just like her, you know, mixing the red paint. He's like, red paint, huh? He's like, well, I couldn't find pig's blood. He's like, okay, Carrie. And like, she's like, you've read Carrie? You, Stephen King? You know Stephen King? Oh, I love Stephen King. I love that he calls her out later for being like, he's a super yeah, popular. Yeah, I love that. That's what I've heard. First off, Stephen King's very popular. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> You're not as edgy as you think you are. That's not a loner like. Because <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, dude, what the? like?" Yeah, I had that in my notes and I, I circled back to it because in my notes I wrote, who the like everyone in this time period wrote Stephen King. He was Stephen King. Yeah. But uh, I laughed at that. Um, yeah, just the Stephen King reference. I like that he put it behind Salem's Lot. I thought that was interesting, that Salem's Lot was his favorite. I was trying to think if that's a supposed to be a foreshadowing, some sort of hint of him, but I don't remember anything in Salem's Lot that really related to what ultimately happens in this movie. So I I think it might just be a, they just well, named another book. Well, I guess, you know, Salem's lot with the vampire and then bringing him over and people having to take care. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just did. I see himself and father Callahan. Maybe it's been a while since I've read Salem's lot, but at least from what I remember, I didn't see a connection. So if anyone knows a connection, and Sam's lot, keep good. it to yourself. Hey, Carrie is a great book. <laughs> Carrie is a fantastic one pure like just fun i do like um oh wow i'm spacing on the name now i I keep wanting to say carrie but it's the car Uh, i keep wanting to say sherry like christine Christine. there we go christine because i keep wanting to say carrie but i just out of fun christine's super fun to read 
I enjoyed it for the lore. And, you know, I think Carrie was probably one of the better, like, well-rounded ones of his horror stuff where, like, it just was together. Yeah, it was short. And it didn't feel like... of his are not. And it didn't feel like it had a cocaine rage ending. It had a natural conclusion to what was happening. I mean, it's a little, like, crazy, but it very much fit within the world of, like, well, yeah, she snaps. Anyway, back on track to Fear Street. So... They bond. Well, yeah, they're bonding. And he's like, I got a better idea. And I will say, his idea was better because this would scare the shit out of me. And I, the downside would be, if Nick Good did that to me, I'm putting Nick Good in the ground. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. there's my line. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought that was a clever upgrade to the prank instead of paint. You know what I mean? But... So that's going on. They're bonding, and you're like, oh, cute, young love. But at the back of my mind, I was like, isn't he a counselor and she's a camper? What are the ages here? It's Romeo and Juliet. Just back off. I'm just saying I'm happy they address it later. Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but also actually kind of applies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying I'm happy they address it later. Meanwhile, Cindy, Thomas. They're all prepping up for the for the color war while Alice is like, I want to go find the witch's house. And apparently Alice and Cindy used Cindy, Cindy, damn it, used to be best friends. But then Cindy was a rat. We She I, tattled. Yeah. I then and now Alice and Arnie are Arnie, that's his name. Bonin. I honestly think that is my least favorite part of this. Their whole friendship thing, I could have given two shits about. And I think it's because it's part of the red herring to try to make you think she's the sister that survives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like every time it cuts a her and her bullshit with her friends and they're lost in the cave, I'm like, I know she's the one that dies. I do not care. Why? What's Ziggy doing? Like, let's go back to Ziggy. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, it didn't do it for me. Her whole arc. I did like this creepiness of them going to the haunted house. It reminded me of, um, what was the, Are You the Babysitter? What was that movie? Oh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Uh It it gave me those vibes. It gave me that old school 70, like, ooh, they're going to find, like, a witch's house, and I bet they're going to find, like, the ritual room. And I was wondering, because, you know, we don't know the twist yet. I was wondering if it was going to be they find it and they accidentally set off the events that are going to transpire or whatever. Uh, But I was a little let down to find out we're already past that point. They're just learning exposition at this point. Yeah. I was bummed by that. I was hoping it was going to be one of those, like, through teenage ignorance and horniness, they accidentally released the demon. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be one of those. But, uh... It was kind of a cool, I wouldn't say it was a twist. It was a kind of cool moment connecting the realization where it's them finding the wall, them looking around and Cindy being like, this is so weird. Why would she carve all the names? You know what I mean? Them kind of, them revealing that someone has already lit that candle. Someone was down there. And then Alice pointing out and being like, holy shit, that's Tommy. Tommy's name on it. She's like, so she was going to kill Tommy next? Like, no, no, no. These are all the names of the people who went psycho. And then you just see Tommy like snap. Yeah. Him killing Arnie was pretty funny. I kind of laughed because Arnie was like, who was wrong, man? 
Bro, like, you know, he's like, mellow out. He's like, have another bud, dude. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. Another tonal. This is really an amped up tonal shift. Another moment again. This one's pretty brutal, but they did do a cutaway because I, I, I feel like everyone knows you can't show kids being chopped up by axes. Just yeah. like and expected to not get like quadruple x-rated i did watch a movie called a classic horror story that's a new one it's like an italian uh movie and they did show uh children children getting killed that's surprising because usually like that's a hard like x rating is when you show the kid die but yeah tommy went straight up anakin skywalker and killed the younglings yeah which I don't completely understand. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I, I'm I have it in my notes is I wanted to go over the rules of what the situation is. Yeah, because if he's trying to follow the blood, then but it, I think at this point he's not following the blood. The what the fuck is he doing? Well, because he was possessed. So I guess we can kind of derail. So the what we find out kind of in this episode, but mainly by the end of the third one is the rest of the pieces is that the good family since Puritan era has made a deal with the devil to give one name as a sacrifice to the devil. And the devil possesses that person and causes them to kill a bunch of people. And in return, the good family, and I guess his land, which is shady side, or I mean, not shady side, sunny side will prosper. Other than that, like, I'm not sure what the rule, like, the body count has to be. Is it just, like, if the devil only gets one guy, like, oh, that's his fault. But if he gets, you know, more, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't, they're unclear with the rules. So, I think it legitimately is just Tommy's going on a killing spree because the devil's possessing him. You think it's the witch at this point, but we later learn it's actually just the devil. The devil. Yeah. But... As far as my understanding, that's what's happening. It's just like, where is he going? Yeah, I think he's just killing everybody. I don't think he wasn't. I don't think he was gonna stop. He's killing everyone up there. <laughs> killing everybody out here. The uh, I will say they set up some of the kills in a like unnecessary gun, gut punch way. Because like I said, when they're doing the color war stuff, you get that moment with him and the fat kid, where he's just like. You're our most important guy. Like, you got this. Like, he knows he's the bullied kid. So he's, like, being super nice to him. And then you see that kid just get fucking butchered. And he's like, Tommy, is that you? His his guarding the kids in the color forward thing. Very cute. And those other kids are way too young to be on cocaine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, it's like, he's just being nice. Like, you guys want... Water? Shut the fuck up! We have cocaine! <laughs> yeah. Okay, my bad. Oh, I just, you know, since we're going to be here for a while, if you want to play, like, charades or something. <laughs> it was so sad. This is the third color war in a year, uh, in, in a row I've been put on guard duty. I, I don't am, think I have friends. I am... <laughs> so sad. I am curious, because we don't get confirmation on this, but I think it's supposed to be implied. I don't think Tommy kills... A sunny cider. I think he only kills the shady ciders, because he doesn't kill the crazy jock guy, does he? Um, he kills hippie girl, and he he doesn't kill the girl that was mean to uh, Ziggy. 
that they trapped in the in the latrine, and she was still in there because Ziggy knocked her out. Wow. So I don't. Th- I think he. I think that's the other thing. Wow. I think they only target shady siders. Way to go, devil, dude. <laughs> honestly, though, the population of shady side should just be decimated. Yeah, it's it's the Gotham problem. It's the at this point, if you know Gotham is so bad, the population should slowly die out to where yeah. no one lives there. Yeah, Gotham is Detroit, and and Detroit's never, empty. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's people, you know what I mean? But it's like... It is not. It is an echo of what it was. Right. And so, yeah, you think Shadyville would have, like, nobody living there. Especially uh, with the 1666 one where all the actors are playing... Oh, they're, like, ancestors or something? Yeah, you're like... Are they implied ancestors? There are not a lot of people. Yeah. To be up and killing everyone. Unless, you know, maybe maybe the shady siders are just having unprotected sex left and right and no sex ed like they give you in Sunnyvale. And that's really why Sunnyvale is super mad at shady side. It's like, use your brain. You can't support all these kids you're having. And then it's like, <laughs> but it's not your right to tell me what I can and can't have. Like, I love my kids. Right. And you're like, but. God, this is such a politically charged movie. Thank you, Netflix. Oh I hadn't gosh. thought about that in a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Not killing the Sunnyvaler. I think. I think that's. Yeah, I'm, I may I'm, be wrong. I'm vibing with that. The uh, we. I mean, we gave the plot away for this one, but I. I do before we close this one out. Uh, want to talk about because I do like I like the Ziggy Nick good stuff, and I think that's why I'm disappointed in the ending because yeah. the Ziggy Nick good stuff is great because all of his conversations are foreshadowing because before shit hits the fan and he's you know, flirting with her. He's like, I know we're not really supposed to, cause you know, opposite sides of the train tracks, all that shit. But, uh, they're, I think their flirting is pretty good. The whole, like, cause you, you know, or is it cause you like the weird girl from Shadyville? Like that all fun, playful. It works. Uh, like we said, I like that he calls out the, that Stephen King's a super popular. So mm-hmm. like that doesn't, count as like a edgy yeah the edgy weird girl that likes Stephen King's like first off everyone <laughs> reads Stephen King um I like the prank they they've already done the prank they tricked Cindy into thinking that 30 year old camper that clothesline Ziggy wants to meet in the stalls I'm assuming that she thinks to make out because they seem a little young to be like let's go have sex in the in the latrine yeah so I'm gonna say it is like they're just gonna go make out it's a pretty good lure. It's not just like a note that says like, meet me inside. They like do the flowers and all this stuff. And they're being like, this is so cute. That's crazy. But again, it's the latrine. So I feel like it's not very romantic. Isn't that how uh, your first love really is? All the petals and roses. And then leading when you get there, shit it's, just, it's just really a shitty. It's just flowers leading to a shit house. No one knows what to do in there. <laughs> <laughs> sounded so much better in your head. And then you get there. You're, Ah oh, shit! I didn't think this through. And you get locked in. We're in a shit house. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, they lock her in and then dump instead of a bucket of paint, it's a bucket of spiders, cockroaches, and all these bugs that were in the wildlife place they were in earlier. And like I said, I like I'm not a fan of bugs. I'm really not a fan of spiders. And if you locked me in a room with spiders and that door opens, oh. I am putting you in the ground. <laughs> what would you do? Me? Like in that situation where you're trapped in there. If I'm trapped in there, uh, first I'm killing anything that moves out of pure fear. 
like just stomping, like swatting. I'm like back into a wall, just stepping everywhere. Uh, I am. But and you then don't I'm, back into the wall. They're crawling on the wall. Well, out of that stall into another or somewhere, I'd try to distance myself, smash and move, smash and move, smash and move. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically I would sit there and just rev up like the Hulk from that fucking door <laughs> open. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You're taking your eight episodes to go super yeah, saiyan. I am just. Ah, <laughs> ah. And that door opens, and I am annihilating whoever's on the other side. It doesn't matter if they're innocent. It's like, I'm here to save you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, he snapped his neck. (laughs) He's possessed. No, he's just really pissed off. He is so mad. (laughs) Unrelated to the plot. Uh, this is completely unrelated. Oh, this guy thinks he's the main character. (laughs) I'm getting arrested. He's like, oh, he was possessed too? No, he just like... We don't know what his deal was. Yeah. We're going to write him out. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a fun like twist in that they bond again and then play the they play like bond. the 20 would not the I don't know what the game they're playing. They're just asking each other questions. And do they kiss? Is this when they have their first little kiss? And they're like, yeah. "Aww." And then they have the talk about age, which is nice. And I like that another counselor calls him out for that when shit hits the fan. And Nick Good's doing the right thing and getting all the campers inside and being like, Color War's over. Da, da, da. And uh, Ziggy's like, I'll, I gotta come with you. And he's like, No, you have to stay here. He keeps grabbing her by the face. I feel like that was a weird choice. He keeps doing the like, gripping her by the face thing, like, No, no, you have to survive kind of thing. Weird choice. I like that that other camper counselor is straight up just like, You know, that's a camper, right, dude? <laughs> you can't do that. Like, we got bigger fish to fry. There's a man murdering people. It doesn't matter if the age of consent is, which I've looked up. <laughs> and guess what? We're fine. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet laws. Have you heard it? <laughs> yeah, look it up. If you haven't, it's an important read. And, and then she anyway. goes, she's like, Shakespeare? You know Shakespeare? <laughs> you know Shakespeare? Like, yeah. Yeah. We're in high school. We have to read it. Yeah, she does come, come across a little bit like, I'm not like other girls. Yeah. But I'm happy that they kind of shut that down. The, um, but yeah, Nick Goods trying to save everybody while we're watching Tommy butcher people with axes in brutal ways. I do like that Nick gets the one kids to come out of the woods by being like, color war's over, color war's over. And then he just goes, if you come out now, you get 10 victory points. And then like three kids are like, victory points? And they're like, you idiots, get back to the mess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And then I guess they get away on a bus, but Ziggy remembers they left that mean girl trapped in the latrine, so she's got to go save her. And then unlocks it, fights ensues, knocks her out. I like that Ziggy just one punches her, just boom. Meanwhile, (laughs) (laughs) Cindy and Alice have been trapped in this cave for half the movie. Half the movie. And that's one of the reasons why I don't give a shit. And you're just like... They're stuck in this cave, and and they keep doing an exposition misdirect where they think they know what's going on, and then five minutes later, they're like, no, I guess that's not right, because they're lost, and they think the cave makes the mark of the witch mark or whatever, so they're trying to follow that, and they find the (laughs) ritual room, and then they find the area under the latrine, and I did laugh that of the, what are you doing in the latrine? It's like, this is a long story. It's like, I, I imagine... 
Because you know those they're just standing on shit right now. Because there's some gross. There are always those gross kids who are like, oh, I don't care. A toilet's a toilet. Like, nah, I mean, uh, is it? Yeah. But yeah, it's. Can you imagine shitting over an unholy ground site? Like what? Yeah, why were those the kids that were possessed? The de- they're like shitting next to where the devil is in their Maybe town. That's his fetish. <laughs> I'm super into <laughs> camp kids. Just I love camper shit. scat. <laughs> just taking a shit on me. Oh. <laughs> Runnier the better. <laughs> really getting the roots. <laughs> Show me how evil you are. Okay. Why is the devil just a giant pile of bubble gum? I don't know. You think it could have been something like creepier? Like Black Phillip. Yeah. Something real cool like. Yeah, it could have just been something. And and like if they need it could have just been like the altar that they touch and it gives them the visions like it gave Alice and it gave um Cindy. But it being this weird like bubblegum brain shit, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um <laughs> But yeah, so she's stuck down there, and there's a lot of fake out. They almost get her out of the toilet, but then Tommy shows up, and they're they're having to run around. Oh no, they're gonna get us! Nick Good sacrificing himself for Ziggy's pretty tight and confusing, considering what we know. Well, this is his time because he has to talk with Ziggy. He's like, you know, do you ever feel like you don't want? Well, yeah, he what's set up for you? He also has a conversation with Ziggy that basically admits that it's his fault. And they use it in the flashback because he says, no, this because she's like, you couldn't have known this was going to happen. He's like, no, you need to stay here. This is all my fault. All these people are dead. I'm sorry. So, like, he, I guess he feels bad. Yeah. But it's weird, too. That this he, is this is the moment he's making the decision to be a part of this. I guess. No, he shows, like, there's some real, like, hesitancy. He doesn't really want it. But, yeah, but he gets cut by Tommy. And I feel like that's kind of weird. You think he wouldn't have been able to get hurt by Tommy. Yeah. Well, he might figure out like, Oh, I can have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. But yeah. So Ziggy, Teenager but Ziggy things. and, um, well, cause Alice and Cindy found her hand, found the witch's hand. And they think they got to reunite with the body. And that's how this will all stop. Cause again, it's a, for the second time, we think we found a way to beat the witch. And it's not right. Oh, and we know it can't be, we know nothing successful happens. This is in the past. Right. From so, the presence, 94. So, uh, yeah. So Ziggy and Cindy are running to find the witch's body, which they think is under the hanging tree. And then they dig up. Why would they have dug up the exact, how the tree has a circumference that would take you like six hours to dig up to try to find her body if they buried it underneath the tree. They dig in the exact spot that they needed to in the first try. They're Pretty impressive. There. 300 years. But uh, and it's just a rock that says the witch will live forever, which knowing who wrote it later doesn't make sense. That's one of my complaints with 1666. Stone makes no sense when you learn the full context. Unless I guess they're perpetuating the story. I think that's like they are the ones that start the story. Yeah, that's but that doesn't make sense to me. But they did start the story. It's weird. But uh, oh, no. Witch's body isn't there, so all the monsters are going to get them. And then it's like, which sister is it going to be? And this is when it got funny. I was like, oh, is one's, you know, Cindy's going to sacrifice herself for Ziggy to run away. And that happens. 
But then Ziggy gets caught anyway. And then they both just get stabbed repeatedly for like five minutes. And I'm like, oh, so neither sister makes it. (laughs) Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Ziggy gets stabbed in the gut maybe 12 times. Just back to back. Just the sound effects are like. And they're both like coughing up blood. Cindy is getting axed repeatedly by Tommy. And I'm like, okay, so it's both of them are going to die. Because how could either one survive? And then Cindy gets the axe to the chest. And I'm like, okay, that's really game over. So they better not pull some shit where it's like, oh, and then she survived. So I'm like, it's got to be Ziggy. We have her. She's in critical condition, like I will say. Yeah. She has no chest. Because once Cindy dies, they all disappear. And then Ziggy's passing out. Who shows up? Nick Good. Our Goody boy. The Ziggy dies. Well, Ziggy dies, but Goody shows up. Goody Nick shows up, brings her back to life. Dude, the importance of CPR. If if you guys listening, Mark, if you're not trained in CPR, if you're not certified, it is worth getting that because you can save lives. Thanks, Peter. You can save someone who's been stabbed Stab. 30 yeah, times. In 30 the chest. times. Repeatedly. And she's fine. It's magic? No, it's science. It's science. It's science. <laughs> and all of us can learn it. But we learn because Ziggy's like, it was the curse, it was the witch, you know, it's telling the story. And this is why we learn, I guess, that Ziggy and Nick haven't talked since is because, you know, she tells him that. And then he goes with the story of, tells the cops, Tommy just went crazy, killed everybody. Which I, I actually think that's a very realistic reason why they wouldn't have talked. Not that reason, like alone. But I don't see a world where these two are just like are able to communicate with one another and not think about remember that night my sister died, all those fucking kids died. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that trauma would have kept them apart in real life as like a yeah, just too heavy of a reminder. But again, their whole romance setup, you feel like it's gonna be more important and then it's worthless in the end. It really is, yeah. And that and I think that's why I disliked ultimately how they handled the second twist within a twist. You know what I mean? But we'll get to that now. Cause like, we got to just jump into 1666. Uh, let's go. But the end, the end of episode two has Dina like waking up in a dream where she is called Sarah. Right. And then, then you get to go into the third. Oh, well yeah. Cause wait, when do they go get the hand? Is the hand underneath the tree? Do when do they do they do part the hand in part three they go get because I think it's part two ends yeah because the trees the trees in the mall right so then they go oh and this is in part two right yeah because they yeah because they're like wait the tree and so they go to the mall they get the hand and Dina bleeds on it which gives her the memories they they take the hand to, to where, the where the body, body is, is and then she bleeds, bleeds and then, then she, she's because. Like, she basically gets the clearest view of the memories because she has reunited the bodies. Everybody else has just gotten bits and pieces. Well, yeah, and then you have a hard time wondering if it's also because Sarah Fear is gay as well, that it's like she's she's been trying to communicate. And this person just understands her the most? Yeah. Or something? Because yeah. like a lot of people get these visions and don't know what to do with them and are confused, but it's like she's getting a vision. That's like legit... Time traveling. Yeah. But yeah, so into part two. 
And I laugh. I think this is this the one that ends with uh, the credit song is that white zombie more human. I'm more human than human or something where it sounds like a Rob Zombie song, but it's white zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, again, like part two is just I think the aesthetics really fun. I think like we didn't really talk a lot about that chase scene, but the chase scene with the, the killer is pretty fun. You know, the misdirect with the the tape and the music was fun. But again, like the plot points it's set up are interesting when you go into this third one. Because the third one, like we said, 1666. So we're taken to Puritan Union. Back then it was called Union. That's a bit on the nose for me. Bit on the nose. Yeah, because it's Sunnyvale and Shadyside together. Like a union. Right. They should uh, have. Well, just in case you didn't know. Because the town used to be one, yes. so it was a unified uh-huh. town. And then something happened, and they broke apart. You know, like, you know, because when you when two become one, they they become a, a union. It is weird that we're union in the past. Yes. Like, why would you call yourself union? Were they two, and then they were separate, and then they separated again? I don't know. And also, shouldn't they have been named after, like, new... They should have been named, like, new... Like New Brussels or some shit. Yeah. Because, like, at this point, I mean, it's 1666. Yeah. They're not even like, we're, this is America. They're like, this is, no. we don't know what this no, is. Their next door neighbors, Jamestown, almost just got done eating each other. Yeah. You know, like these guys, they don't know what the fuck is going on over here yeah. in America. All they know is that this is their land and not those people they keep seeing in the woods that are like, hey, I mean, it's cool if you guys live here, but like, this is ours. You know, like, yeah. no, okay, nice try. You guys keep saying you have this maze, and then you put this shit on my plate, and it's like I'm looking for a puzzle to solve. <laughs> You're giving me food, but uh, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> I am. Ha- I I am surprised they didn't touch that at all. By the way, that they just like the only mention of it is the widow that she married a Native American, and uh, she was ostracized for it. Was yeah. like, and that was it. I was like, wow, I thought they were going to touch on this more because it's Netflix and it's not. And I'm not saying these movies have been woke. That's what me and you have been talking about that we're proud of, that it's actually handling a lot of the quote unquote woke issues in a real way where it's just telling the story. It's not a. Yeah, the reveal is ham fisted, but at least like how everything's handled after that. It's it's all cool. So I thought they were going to do something with that. I was like, is this where they stumble? Is this where it turns into a weird, like, we get, like, a monologue about how how America took the land from these people? You know what I mean? Like, but that didn't happen. I was surprised by that. We already said it, but I can't reiterate enough how awful these accents are. I hate it. 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 Yeah. Ask me if I liked it. Did you enjoy it? I hated it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a sunny sider right now. It's miserable. Yeah. It's really bad. And I didn't like this. Oh, so I liked the opening of her being like the farmhand thing, like it kind of set us into the world, kind of, kind of opened up. Then they do the quick flash where it shows quote unquote, the real Sarah. And then it shows Dina where you're like, okay, this is just her implanting the people she knows. You know what I mean? It kind of, connective tissue to where you're like okay it is it would otherwise it would be weird you're like wait why is is dina supposed to be related to her you know what i mean it's supposed to be it's a weird i think a weirder 
a situation to keep it being Dina the whole time and not have it be Sarah. Yeah, I was hoping for more where it was the Sarah. Like, I, th- I was hoping they were going to do a lot more of the juxtaposition, like camera pans from like, you know, sometimes they do in movies with that where it's the camera pans behind the person they're talking to when it comes out the other side to see that person mm-hmm. again. It's a new person. And I think, though, the, at least when they did use it at the end of the part, like that that was effective. Yeah. When she was dying, then it really was her. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, because not Dina. Because it's not 1994. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely see that it was effective. But, uh, you know, so she's farm. She's basically in the same situation Dina's in. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of weird. Same shit, different time, bro. <laughs> same, Teenagers same have always been time. trying to get up to no good out in the woods. Them using the weird code phrase thing, I thought was like, oh, I guess because, like, you know, all this stuff is frowned upon. But then when you see the party and it's just the entire town. There's no need for codes. Yeah. It's just a like, hey, we're having a party tonight. <laughs> that actually made me laugh. I, I rewound it a couple times on the, uh, like, to fast forward a bit when they're doing the town hall meeting about, like, what's going on in this town. When it shows Simon, I forgot who his 1666 name is, but Simon's up there being like, we just drank the berries. There was dancing. That was it. Like we were, we're young. It's like it's like we're gonna have fun. It's just a few drinks, and everybody else is like, Satan has taken upon this town because of your buffoonery, <laughs> your sin. I also thought they could have toned down Mad Thomas. Yeah, the drunk dude. Yeah, guy that's been touched. He, the fact that everyone knows he's crazy. And then he says one thing that sounds cool, and people are like, "Yes, yeah." Did they listen to him? Yeah, that's very weird. I also I thought they were gonna make a poop joke when we're first introduced to Mad Thomas because he comes out of the outhouse and he just waves, and I I was giggling because I was when I watched the third one, I think I was like three glasses in, but I remember all that. I'm pretty proud of myself, but. uh, I thought I even made the joke. I was like, I don't think he washed his hands. Because <laughs> he like waves, he like waves at Dina. I was immediately just like, I don't think he washed. I think that's, I think those are poop hands. <laughs> 1666 poop hands. That's, that's death. That's death if he touches anything. The guy that they got to play him, they made him up to where it felt like they were well, going for it. Well, it uh, is Tommy. It's the axe murderer Tommy. It's that same actor. Well, yeah, but for some reason he came across more, um, Well, someone was okay. Now I'm just getting flipping confused because I had Robert Pattinson. Someone, someone looked like that to me. Or are you thinking of the when the pastor he plays in Devil All the Time? Maybe. Golly, that movie. Uh, yeah. Oof. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, just ignore well, me. Well, I took it as well. So my critique was, I got what they were going for with Mad Thomas, and I, it was kind of fun to see. We just saw Thomas be like when he was Tommy in the camp. We got to see him be cool, calm, like very real, normal, like nice guy. You know, he was cool. It's fun to see him completely opposite where he's just like not together at all, just kind of sloppy. But what they needed was, um, why am I spacing on that actor's name? Uh, There Will Be Blood, uh, the preacher in There Will Be Blood. Oh, Paul Dano? Paul Dano. They needed that type of attitude. They needed him to be the young preacher that's like second to the preacher that kills the kids. Golly, though, that scene. Oh, yeah. But they 
they needed him to be more that where he's the like he's not liked by the town because he's not the head preacher, but he kind of has this quiet demeanor, then lead into those crazy speeches. Like they needed that juxtaposition. They didn't because like you said, he goes from just one around town being like, Are you fools and you you're sitting and who's gonna burn us all to her? And then he's quoting Habakkuk. Yeah, and then he they pull the dog out of the well and everyone's like, Oh my god, my Thomas is right. You're like None of this tracks. Yeah. They needed they needed that moment of him building gravitas. Like they needed where he where it seems like he's taking advantage of it solely because people are listening to him. Like they needed that and that would have set up better in my opinion. Uh but that's like a little thing. Uh accents is the big thing. We get rid of those. Salvage this whole trilogy. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> but um yeah, so we get the the kids dancing. We get, you know, Sarah. Well, I guess before the party, we are introduced to Sam's counterpart, uh, who's the preacher's daughter, which I thought was a nice touch. Added some flair to the high risk nature of it all. Um, and Sarah and Sam are are they're just great friends, and they're kind of half flirty, but they they aren't they aren't together yet. This is a this is a, they both know it's wrong, quote unquote, by their cultural laws. Um, well, and it's sad because it's it's Sam's character that got Sarah doing it. Right. Like Sarah Gathering. was the hesitant one. And then Sarah ultimately sacrificed yeah, herself Yeah, they did a really it. good job, at least in this one, really having Sarah be a victim and she just had no control. Right. Over any I agree. I, I agree. I, I felt like she was a great tragic character solely yeah. off of that. There wasn't a moment where if, that you can break down where it's like, Oh, if she had done this, yeah. it really was. Everything just happened to her. Yeah. And she just reacted. She slipped once and then the rest was history. And like, she got pushed. Yeah. You know? And again, we're not saying that her being punished was right. We're just saying within the cultural of the thing they set up is they know the rule. You know what yeah. I mean? That, well, I mean, like, and and even so, even just saying, you know, like, yes, sixteen sixty six is backwards culturally, but like, she she did get pressured, you right? Know? Like, yeah. like any even today, getting pressured to do anything like that, like that's frowned on, and like she she that part wasn't respected, whatever. And then she's like, "You're right," like, "Oh, okay." the hell with it and then it's like well here we go yeah because it's just like she didn't even they didn't even do anything you're like almost i'm pissed it's like she fucking dies because she kissed her girl like and she she, liked it yeah she didn't even get they didn't even bang yeah they didn't even bang bro (laughs) you gotta let them bang like she she like what a bang bro a short end of the stick yeah that is sad and i and i absolutely i really liked um Sam's mom saying the same thing in this that she said in oh, 1994, words. which is like you, you've ruined her life enough, or like are you? Yeah, you, it's, like ha, it's like a one for one. But that's exactly what you said in 94. <laughs> At least in 1994, you have a car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, miss me with that bullshit. The uh, yeah, I just felt really bad the whole time. Yeah, and then we, you know, we kind of get the lay of the town too while she's doing the traveling before the party and um, kind of what everyone's their job is. We got. Ziggy and Cindy are characters in it that are just local towns kids. I did like the setup, even though it's quick. Uh, the setup of 
Ziggy's character, I don't even remember her 1666 character's name, but all the town kids are making fun of the preacher, saying he's blind or something. And I thought it was going to turn around and he was actually blind and they were picking fun of him, but he seemed to have eyes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> makes he, no sense to me. I mean, he was, he was, he had sight. And then I like that the preacher was playing along with it. You know what I mean? That he turned around and he's like, oh, you kids. And they're like laughing. It, it was a good setup for the fucked up thing that happens later. So, um, and, and then so like Sarah, her relationship with the good guy yes, uh, was that's really nice. nice. And honestly, I my only complaint is when that meltdown happens later and he says, I love you, I was mad at that because I really wanted the idea to continue forward that he wasn't doing anything malicious to her, not out of like, because I've really loved you this whole time because they made it clear he's kind of been in a situation where he could... It's 1666. He 100% could just take her as a wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he really wants it to be up to her. Yeah. And well, and it was just up to her. And I also liked it more in the sense of just a friendship, yeah. a general kinship, not a, I have these deep feelings for you. And I'm not saying that's necessary. I just feel like they undo it when he does the, I love you at the end while they're wrestling. I, I feel like that undercut what I liked about that dynamic of the scene of theirs. I liked it being they were two friends like of platonic nature. And it was just, he was trying to convince her not ne- like be my wife and we can do this, but just out of a, like we can save the town through this. And like, you know what I mean? Like make the bad people pay. Cause he goes, it's kind of funny. His, his speech kind of goes a little bit too woke in terms of like these backwards Christian, whatever thing. And I'm like, that's ah, a little bit too modern for, for 16 yeah for where you're coming from buddy but for the movie i'll allow it let's you know your speech makes sense yeah he wants her to exist how she is right he he accepts her in a culture that no one else does right but then the guy that accepts her is also a guy that's dealing with the devil yeah and so that's why i want to come back to because that's where i think in my opinion because again, I don't think it's the rest of it's poorly written. I just, in my opinion, it could have been more fun if they did a tweak to that. But um, we'll get. I'll come back to that when we get there. The um, we kind of talked about it already. She's gone from kid to kid and been like, "We're gonna get fucked up in the woods, right?" <laughs> I wish they had some crazy Southern twang accent. How funny would that be? That's some like Bayou shit. And like we're going down by the woods and getting fucked up on them bears. <laughs> and it comes with subtitles. <laughs> yeah, you're like yes. Uh... I didn't know Shady and Sunnyville were in uh, Louisiana, but I am down. <laughs> it's the island in Lost. It just travels to places. It's like we were in Louisiana, and now we're back in Northeast. I thought the wood scene was going to be a crucible scene. Like I thought it was going to be the pastor sees all of them parting in the woods, and then it devolves from there. So that was kind of a bait and switch. But it's set up like it's going to be that because – you know, 1666, you're not supposed to be out in the woods. You're not supposed to be dancing and drinking. You know what I mean? Like, these are all very frowned upon things. Um, Look up the Salem Witch Trials if you don't know any about that shit. But that was real. Where That was all no-nos. Um, I laughed that the other good brother gets an erection when he's hitting on... Uh, is it Sam? Is, is he going after Sam? Or is he going after Dina? I can't remember. I think it's... I was, remember, I was three glasses I'm, in. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Dina. Yeah, you're right. He was going after Dina. Sarah. 
Sarah, yeah. But yeah. And uh, he's gotten erected. I was like, ah, look at his erection. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I didn't quite get the joke. Were they making fun of size? The fact that he had it? I think it's just having just it. Just having it? Is, yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny either way. But uh, then, you know, what's what's Sam's equivalence name in this? Hannah. Hannah. Hannah's looking all cute. She's got her whatever wreath thing that ultimately becomes important because of the it's got the red moss shit on it. Uh, oh, I guess we skipped over the book with the old maid in the woods where they got the magic berries. Yeah. Not magic berries. They're just drug berries. Because uh, even in this life, Kate is uh, apparently a drug dealer. Can't escape it. Game's got her. She's deep in that game. It's 300 years old. You're not You're not running out of fate. Like <laughs> but uh, and that was kind of a weird misdirect because you think like that's a witch. Maybe she's going to teach Sarah how to be a witch, you know, whatever. Is she a witch? Da, 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 and they kind of scare her off, whatever. And she's, cause she's got the book, the evil book that we've just now seen for the first time, really. Mm-hmm. So, and for it to be as important as it is, it is kind of funny that that's brought in at the third act. It's the third act, but really it's the first act. It's the first act of the third act. Well, chew on that. <laughs> and then his historically, you know, with, with nonlinear storytelling, this really John is. loves non-linear story. Oh, this John. Pour one out for John. Oh, we love John. Um, come home safe. <laughs> yeah, sorry you didn't make your flight because Southwest and all that, but yeah. Ugh. But yeah, so we did have the messing with the witches. And I thought it was gonna be important that she got cut by the witch, and that ended up not being important. The witch cut her face with a knife. Not like deep, it was just like a little schnick. But uh I thought that was gonna be important. It ended up going nowhere. But yeah, like we we hinted at, at the party, things are getting fun. They're getting turned up. And then uh, I keep, I'm just going to call them Dean and Sam. Dean and Sam, because it's easier. Dean and Sam are just like hanging out and they're like, come over here. And it, like you said, it kind of turns into a, Sam has clearly always been attracted to Dina and kind of makes a move. And Dina's doing the whole like, ah, oh, but like. We shouldn't. This is wrong. And then she's like, but if it's wrong, why does it feel so good? And you're like, you sound just like the bros. Yeah, you sound like a man. Yeah. Oh, man. Toxic masculinity right there. Hey, <laughs> I guess. You heard it here first. Sam's got toxic masculinity. I feel like that's also a, a woke thing to do. Women can also pressure. Way to go, Netflix, for acknowledging. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, this is all around just wins for Netflix. Golly. The, uh. Yeah, yeah, it was but weird. They hear footsteps in the woods and they're like, oh no, someone saw. Legitimate fear. They just committed a very bad sin in the eyes of these Puritan nutbags. And uh, that's not good. I wouldn't have slept that night if I was either one of them. I'm like, oh shit, we got to leave now. I don't know what your plans are with your life, but they're over because we got to go. They're going to fucking burn us. <laughs> like, them acting as calm as like, no, it's fine. Nobody saw us. It's whatever. You know, we didn't even really do anything. Like, no, no. You pack your shit and you get the fuck out of that town. <laughs> yeah, I was relieved, or you should have been relieved when you found out it's Mad Thomas that saw him. You're like, ah, oh, no one's going to believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm sure he saw a dog and a cat kissing too. You're like, what? Yeah, you could just call him on his like, line. He, was, he said yesterday he saw you know the devil and uh, hip-hop artist uh, Tupac Shakur, and we yeah. all know that's not right. <laughs> you just blame his dreams. He's like, <laughs> you, he dreamed about it. And who doesn't like girls making out? And Mad Thomas is like, uh, I mean, is it is it the next morning that when shit hits the fan? 
Well, yeah, because he he is spread the word. Oh yeah, he spread the word. But hasn't it also been the, the dogs missing? Uh, the pastor's acting strange. Pastor's acting strange. The pig ate the piglets, which was gross. Um, what else happened? I feel like there's oh, all the food's rotten all of a sudden. Yeah. I, I liked that. That was a nice touch that all the food was rotten. That was like a fun like. I don't think they did it in The Witch, but I feel like there was another movie that I watched that was like a period piece where it was like spiritual devil stuff. And that's one of the things was like they went to the table that they had just set. And when they came back, all the food was rotten. And it was like, oh, that's actually kind of like, I like that. That's kind of like an interesting, ooh. And way to put up. the people on their back foot immediately. Yeah. Like we have got to root this out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is 1666. We can't go to the next town over. We are yeah, the next this, town over. <laughs> this is Union. This is union. Like we just said Jonestown ate themselves not 30 years ago. Yeah. We are, um, oof. Yeah, they're in a tough spot. We're like 58. I like that they kept true to the period and the town meeting was just men. Just men. Like it should be. Just <laughs> men in a church taking turns yelling at each other about how it was the devil. And they no one ever makes a point about who's the devil or who did the devil things. But it's just, yeah, it's my turn to say it's the devil. When I want to hear people yelling, I want it to be in a lower register. It's just <laughs> easier on my ears. <laughs> Nothing the, too shrill. Oh, wait, we did skip because the before the town council, it is the, the preacher moment. Because uh, the preacher has locked all the kids in the church, and no one can get in, and everyone's freaked out. This, So this scene, and I feel like all the murder deaths, had to have been written by a different guy than who wrote the rest of it. It just had to have been. Because the tonal shift of it is, I don't want to, I mean, it's over-exaggeration, but is it really as if I'm writing just like a romance novel and then Eli Roth comes in, comes in and just gives us Thanksgiving. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? The Thanksgiving trailer where it's just like the fuck like this goes from zero to 900 real quick. Great shot, though. Loved how this was set up. Super eerie. Arguably one of the best shots of the trilogy is how it follows them around the church. Good breaks into the church. And just the panning, where you see all the kids' heads bowed, and it looks like the preacher's praying. You see some weird goop thing on the ground. Realize it's eyes. All the kids' eyes are gone. And you see it. You see it. All those kids are dead. They are dead, Peter. All those kids are dead. All those kids are dead. Yeah, and you see Josh. And the preacher did it. Yeah. That's... Yeah. And the preacher's mumbling... Was he mumbling the the children's rhyme? I thought he was because I wrote that in my notes. But again, three glasses in, I was missing little details. I'm very impressed with how much I remembered, though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's mumbling and he's got the horseshoe cleaner thing. Brutal. Brutal. So now they're all freaked out and now they decide to hold a town hall in that church, which feels like in poor taste. Like... Imagine you're one of those townspeople and your child was just murdered in that building. You're sitting in there arguing about the devil. That's where you usually met. Like, that's where, where's town hall? I know, but like, you think they could have like moved it outside for the day? Just like, let's not go in the building the where our kids were. Out there. Oh, that's a good point. We can't have the women here. Let's put the women in the church and we'll lock those doors and then we'll go outside and have a town meeting. But if you have all the women, you know, in the church together, they might end up doing what 
same. Oh, that's a great point. Woods. We lock the women in each of their houses. And the men go and do men things. Yeah, we like do men in the things. Roman times. Yeah, just hanging out, be- boy, dudes being guys. It's not gay if it's men, apparently. Yeah, it's just guys and dudes being guys, man. Loving each other's bodies. Boys will be boys. Yelling but, uh, about being witches. <laughs> but yeah, we already talked about the town hall a little bit. I thought it was funny. But this is the best part of it is uh, the hunter. The they clearly he's like the town hunter. Him being like, I've seen it in the woods. He does the whole rant of like, the devil's stuck in the woods. Um, What's his name? Salmon Good? Sa- salmon Good? Solomon. Sol- salmon, sam- Sa- what, Solomon. Salmon? 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 Yeah. I don't hear the difference. Good. Uh, his stand-up is like, I can't hear this anymore. You guys all... He's cutting through what's written. He basically says, all you guys are talking crazy shit. Do you have proof? And the hundred guys are like, well, I mean, like, I mean, sixteen sixty-six. Like, what proof do I need? Like, Shit, <laughs> like, I don't really know. I'm a man. That's what I say. I, I'm a man. It's not like my wife can say anything about it's, it. So it's it's also interesting that his name is Solomon because like Solomon in the Bible is known to be like he, God gave him a, the gift of wisdom, right? And, and discernment. He's, and he seems to be wise and discerning. Yeah. But he's him also the that guy you? that said, let's split this baby in half. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he knew apparently. Mind, mind games, play him. Yeah. And so that's, that's what, what that's what Solomon's doing here, mind games. got to play him. The baby is union. The baby he's is union. splitting it, Sunnyvale and Shadyside. But he didn't realize, this Solomon didn't realize they'd actually do it. He's like, oh, I yeah. thought it's a metaphor. Some, the oh, fake shit. mom's supposed to say, or the real mom <laughs> says, no, don't do it. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, I guess they're neither of them are the real mom. Not too discerning. <laughs> But I just like that touch that, again, showing that he's like, and that's what makes the switch fun because he's showing he's forward thinking. He he lives outside of the town. Um, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting, I like it's a good switch. But of course, the girls are accused of the witchcraft because the other, other good brother, and this is why, this is one thing they didn't do with the modern stuff that I would have enjoyed, which is, because there's always two brothers. There's always two good brothers. Two brothers. Just two bros. And it always seems to play out like one brother is actually a solid guy forced into the situation. And the other brother is just a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they do it in 1666 because the other good brother is like leading the hunt for the witches and stuff. And then we think of Solomon as like, quote unquote, good guy. And they don't do enough with that in the modern times because we only see the mayor for like two scenes. And I think that would have been fun for the dynamic. And he's a mayor. And so there, that already comes with enough uh, assumptions. And that he's an asshole. Like, yeah. Oh, because he's the mayor. <sighs> Just some white guy in power. <laughs> but uh, yes, you know, the girls get accused of witchcraft or whatever. And the, you know, they're getting chased around. And then this. Sam get caught first. Yeah. Sam gets caught first. Sarah it, runs away. Sarah runs away. Because they're going to run away together, finally. But plans up thwarted. Uh, so she runs away to... Because she ends up in the cave and then ends up in Solomon's house. But I forgot how she got there. How does she get? How does she get to Solomon's well, house? Well, she goes, she goes to try to break Hannah out. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tries to break Hannah out, and then she ends up in the cave underground thing. Yeah, she goes to get the widow's book and use it to make a deal with the devil. 
but then the book's already gone. Yeah. Leto's murdered. Yeah, which is, that was a fun twist. Because, like, at that point, you're like, I'm, she does the whole, I'm going to go make the deal with the devil. And you're like, ooh, this, this is, is where it she, starts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, I'm liking this vengeful spirit because of this shit. I'm actually down. Let's do this. And then, you know, book's gone. You're like, wait, what? But all this shit's happened already? And then finding out it was good who made a deal, like we said, where it seems to be, from what he explains, they give the devil a name and a sacrifice, and the sacrifice was the widow, uh, and then one name, and he would become more powerful and his land would be prosperous, whatever nonsense. Uh, But obviously Shadyville gets the shit side of it. Um, So she's obviously taken aback by this. Uh, she does declare she does not agree with these atrocious acts, which is funny because she just came from a tent with full, like, ready to sacrifice something for the devil to get Hannah out. Like, so that kind of is a weird, but I get it. Um, like we said, this is a fun speech between the two of them that I enjoyed because he really does lay out his whole thought process. But like we said, it's a little too modern for 1666. Like, there were forward thinkers, for sure, in that time. I just doubt they were this forward. Well, and that's so, like, what, kill the people that disagree with you? Oh, yeah. Well, he takes it to, like, the super weird extreme. Okay. This is where I start to divert with what they ended up doing, which is fine. But to kind of, like, cut through, what they end up doing here is that uh, since Sarah now knows that Solomon Good's the bad guy. And then they fought and he chopped her. Yeah. Fought. The hand. That was brutal. Oh. The hand, because it was half cut, and then it basically gets ripped off the rest of the way and then left on the, like, stone or whatever. And so that's why I was there when they found it for the camp. I grimaced. Yeah, I did too. That one's pretty brutal. Uh, But then he turns her in for being a witch and testifies like, he's like, oh, I found the witch. Plays it off like that. And... They're both going to be hanged, Hannah and Sarah. And Sarah confesses to save Hannah, saying she bewitched Hannah, which, as you pointed out, Peter, is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Even though she she loved her, she loved them both, so there was love there. We're not saying there wasn't consent. We're just saying one initiated it, not the other. And uh, I put a spell on you. She, she kind of does like a tell-off of like, She's going to haunt you guys like the truth will come out because it's a it's a double edged thing of she's kind of threatening the town, but mainly talking to Solomon being like the truth will come out eventually. So it's the reveal of with her death. All the witches curse stuff is actually just. You know, the Sarah trying to get the truth out and then the monsters are hunting the people that have learned the truth because the devil wants the truth to stay buried so the deal will keep going. And so that's the twist. And you're like, wow, that's super fun. But also, I kind of wish... So, I I, I mean, we're not done with it, but kind of throw in one of my how would I fix it that I would have enjoyed because it plays off... This idea plays off better with what I think should have happened with the sheriff at the end too. I think it should have been, she was going to be executed. 
Solomon's trying to save her, tries to get her to join with him or whatever. Not that he turns her in, but, you know, through whatever reason, they get separated and she's going to hang and he doesn't know whether or not she's going to rat on him and kind of be like they form a pact of like, fuck this town then. You know what I mean? Like Sarah becomes, I want her to become the vengeful spirit of the town as well because of the fucked up thing that's about to happen. Not just because Solomon mm. Good did this to me. I still want her to make the town pay. And so I want it to be a moment of like legitimate Solomon and her not like kind of basically are in cahoots. They end up deciding to work for the same goal, but at the same time kind of counteracting each other. So then if we're seeing this series through the eyes of Sunnyvale, their news would talk about how Sunnyvale is the uh, U.S. capital of drug overdoses. So where murder is a shady side thing. Oh, because of all the cocaine? Yeah, the cocaine oh, overdoses. The cocaine epidemic is thing. fucking crazy. And that's, that's screw this town. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just meaning in the sense of, uh, well, because it'd still be Shadyville with um, Sarah's curse. It's just, it's just more of like, in my mind, it'd be more of, that's why Shadyville's more cursed and Sunnyville prospers. But it's the same place. But they're split down the line. Because where Solomon's house is and his land is what Sunnyville ends up growing out of. Yeah. And the Union Square is ultimately where Shadyville is. So that's, yeah, that's why true. it stays fucked up. True. So in my mind, if you have them be kind of in cahoots, Solomon's deal stills in play because it helps Sunnyville. Her curse still is in play because she's the one fucking up Shadyville from all the pain, you know, whatever, whatever nonsense. Yeah. I like the, I just like the idea of that friendship paying off more and not it being necessarily a, a full on portrayal, but more of a like a portrayal that happens after she's already been portrayed by the town. So she chooses someone she's always seen as a friend who's not actually like threatening her. You know what I mean? I like the idea of, like you said, you know, she was everything bad that happened to her was kind of out of her control. So if you set that up, right, she's between a rock and a hard place. She's like, I either get hanged by a wit for being a witch when I'm not, or I help this guy who has never done any harm to me. That's also been outcast by this town. And you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I like that dynamic and it still keeps the vengeful spirit side of it. Cause I like that. I like the idea of Seraphir being a vengeful spirit. She is. She's just vengeful for the truth. She's just vengeful that one of these people are going to get a, get the truth out, even though the devil keeps sending these serial killers to kill him. <laughs> it's basically like the scene from Saving Private Ryan where Paul Giamatti's like, I need a runner, and they just send a guy, and he keeps getting gunned down. It's terrible. <laughs> need, need a runner. Yeah, need, need another one. <laughs> Run faster. Yeah, just run faster. Zigzag, bro. The but yeah, obviously we're yanked out once Seraphir has been murdered. And then it's like <gasps> good is evil. evil. Oh my god. And the whole writer's room just came. <laughs> <laughs> my god, we've been waiting oh, seven we did hours. It. Oh, we did it. Oh good my god. is evil. Oh, was it good for you guys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, part two of 1994. Oh my god, I rolled my eyes when it said part two. No one good is evil. Oh, when good is evil, 
Yeah. So now it's just the final showdown, and we kind of. I didn't. I was whatever about this, honestly. I did, yeah, I didn't like the final showdown. The only part of it, and because I wanted more out of it, was the stuff with Ziggy, because I liked. Because remember, I, I can't remember what part it is. We see the sheriff go by Ziggy's house and drop a note through the mailbox that says it's happening again. And so again, that ties into the whole like, well, if we know Sheriff Good now is a part of this, why are why did he look out for Ziggy? Why did he, he still likes her? Right. Why did he give her the note? Because he wants her to stay in. Right. And so it's one of those things where like I wanted more out of that. Yeah. And they don't do anything with it. And so the payoff just feels ugh. No, but the payoff is he gets covered in blood like in Carrie. I, but I didn't like that. Oh, see, shit. See, <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. So, yeah, I just, I mean, we can rush through this shit real quick because they're just, it, it's going to happen at the mall again. Why, why is the guy that was in the police station, why is he back? Oh, I don't know. He was a reoccurring character that I had questions about that I was just like, like I don't understand he had his some purpose. Note and like got hooked up somehow. Like, I and don't he, know. well, he comes to help them because in the first one, in part one, uh, Josh helped him get out of his handcuffs. He gave him the paper clip and he gave Josh the cards. Like, if you need anything, call me. And so they call him to help. Okay. And that that's is why, just that's, the only connection. Yeah. That is really, yeah. Cause it's like, cause why? he was the janitor in the mall in the first one. So, cause they accused him at first of doing it. And, um, but yeah, the, the most, so they're just going to lead them all back to the mall. And it's a similar trap to what they did in the first one with the bathroom, but super the, soakers. But I do think it's a clever idea of them locking them in the stores with the gates. That's fun. The super soakers with blood in them's fun. The neon using the neons pretty fun. But it's ultimately just kind of like a. It felt like a hey, we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap this up. We need yeah. to wrap this up. And so that's my downplay with it. And plus, like we said, Sam's still just possessed in kind of a just not their character. So we've got. The janitor from the mall. We've got Gillian Jacobs' adult Ziggy. We've got Josh, and we got Dina. And they're ready to go. And their whole thing is they're going to lead. Because I liked that when the reveal, when she comes up to, you know, the good is evil, whatever. Gillian Jacobs being like, oh, shit. I called him. Because, you know, we've been set up to believe that they're friends. That good is good. Yeah. But and then not good. It was not good. And I also like the callback when he gets the the call to answer Ziggy's phone call of the uh says is a girl that wanted to that's in a Judy Bloom book club with you. Cause the I th- I didn't even bring that up. When they have their moment before they separate again at camp, it's mm-hmm. the uh No More Stephen King for me. It's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe we can start a book club. Stephen King's like no more Stephen King, maybe like Judy Bloom or something. <laughs> I thought that was like a funny joke. It's like, okay, let's you we'll do that. That that was funny. So that was a fun callback. But yeah, I just again, I just wanted more out of that. And I, I think maybe I'm like reading too much into that, but it felt like it was leading to sort of something sort of fun cuz it ultimately didn't happen the way I wanted to cuz they needed a big bad. They needed Nick Good to be the big bad and have his turn where he's actually super evil. And it's just the like, I have to keep doing this because this is how the towns are like that whole thing. I think that should have been his mayor brother. I think they should have lured the mayor 
into the te- into the mall. They should have set up the mayor to be more in charge because he's the fucking mayor, and lured him. And he should have had that crazy speech and have had the one eighty of like we're evil. Da, da, da. And Nick Goodge still should have been the like ride that line of like I don't want to keep doing this kind of thing. I don't know. I think it would have just played out better because you still have him die. I just would have liked the Ziggy and his relationship thing to close out with him dying to save Ziggy and kind of try to stop it. And then you still give Dina like the agency of she has to stop the mayor guy, the mayor brother, one of the good brothers or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, really, it is it. it, And they they would have had to rework the brothers, I guess. But it is Nick who is oh doing who is doing it dealing. yeah but again i think that still works cuz you can still play him out as in the end of the day he was a bad guy and deserved what he got but he could have not a redemptive death but a like a, I, again i i just feel like it was they built up like something was going to happen where he was going to make a choice of ziggy over the evil again you know what i mean cuz it again they just kept setting that shit up yeah and then there was no conclusion to it yeah and so i i felt like blue balled by it i was like oh i mean their relationship meant nothing then it, they could have just been like two friends whatever that like kind of knew each other all this time it, it just ultimately ended up nothing so that's why that fell flat to me so and again the way i'm saying may not have even played out that well that's just something that because i don't think this played out poorly like, I don't think it was written poorly. Like, it still ends at a natural conclusion. It just felt like there were certain plot lines they teed up, not necessarily as red herrings, and then just didn't fall through on them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Just my take. I just wanted I just wanted, I just wanted, Ziggy and Nick to be happy. I knew, I knew Nick had to die. Nick had to die for sure. But yeah, the mall showdown's kind of funny. I think it's kind of funny. I like. I did like they did the they spray each other with blood. The the and killers with blood, fighting. and they just fight each other and kill each other. I did like that because I was thinking about that in part one when they uh, realize they're chasing the blood. I'm like, what happens if they get blood on them? You know what I mean? I was like, what? I because again, the rules are pretty vague. I think they kind of make them up as they go along, but. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, the locking them in the cages, final showdown. They got to get to the, because they're trying, are they trying to kill Nick? I can't remember what yeah. the, they're just trying to kill they're Nick. trying to kill Nick. Because I could, because I couldn't remember if they're trying to kill Nick or if they were trying to burn the book. Because they ultimately go in the cave and Dina fights him in the cave and kills him there. But I just couldn't remember because like the whole trap is to set up. Oh, I guess the whole trap is to set up where Nick will be the bucket of blood and they'll release the monsters and the monsters will kill Nick and it's kind of like a karma thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there just could have been a, a nice closure to their Ziggy relationship. I know I keep harkening on this, of like if that trap didn't go right and it got on Ziggy and didn't get on Nick and then Nick like sprayed himself with like the leftover squirt cut. You know what I mean? Did something as kind of like a, he kills himself because he wants Ziggy to survive. Not necessarily a, I feel so bad for all that I did, but just kind of a continuation of like, it's always been Ziggy. You know, he wished that could have worked out. 
because I, I agree with the sentiment. The more I talk about it, it's like, you don't want it to be a redemptive arc because he's fucking killed all these people. Yeah. But it's that weird line of, I wanted that relationship closure to happen. Yeah, he's bad, but you can still decide to end it. Yeah. Him being the one that decides, like, that's enough. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Doesn't make him a good guy. No. But you can fucking end it. Yeah, he's good. He's a good guy because he's good. But... Isn't it good? But he's evil. Mm-hmm. Good is evil. Good is evil. Oh, man, we should write that down. Oh, my that's, God. Oh, my God. We're so brilliant. I'm so like... wet right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and ultimately, I know we kind of rushed to that final climax, but there's really not a lot to say. It's a lot of, it's like, not. nobody dies besides Nick. So that's why I almost feel like it's not even really because like Josh doesn't almost die. Uh, Ziggy almost dies at one point, but that's because Nick grabs her and puts a gun to her head. And I think that's why that scene sticks out to me as a like something's off. Yeah. What do you do that? I mean, if you're right. Really Cause scared. like they have that moment before where he's like excited to see her and it's kind of the like, Hey, and it's that awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of that you're like, oh, they still like each other. And then it's uh, he gets painted on, and he's like, I'll fucking kill this match. And we're like, oh, he does cocaine too. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> is a Sunny Valer. And so I think that's part of the juxtaposition. I, I think there's no moment of him feeling betrayed by Ziggy, because maybe that could have played it off different. Is if we got to see him be like, but Ziggy, you know what I mean? Something. It just that 180 of like. I want to blow this bitch's brains out. You're like, okay. I feel like nothing we've seen so far leads me to believe this would happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like nobody else dies besides Nick. Uh, we mentioned the cool fight between the monsters. And then when they, you know, kill Nick, the monsters disappear. And I did like this scene of, cause is it her and Sam? Cause Sam got loose and tried to kill Dina and that's part of it. But so it's Sam and Dina coming out of the cave and they come they come out inside Nick Good's house <laughs> it's this swanky mansion they like come out in his game room like theater room mm-hmm. I thought that was funny I like them come through house and been like holy shit <laughs> like I knew they were rich over here but like damn I liked that he had like the pretentious family tree above the the fireplace that it was, was all the way up and then I didn't quite understand this. I guess it was just a signifier of like, oh, the curse is broken. But the fact that uh, when they walk outside and they see the Sunny Veilers, and the Sunny Veilers are like, oh, why are they coming out of that house? Oh, and they just get in the van and they back up and a dump truck fucking annihilates them. That was so random. Yeah. I kind of was just like, I don't know why that happened. Yeah. And then as I thought about it, I guess it's supposed to be the signifier, right? That's supposed to be like, and the curse is lifted. Sunnyville's gonna be a shit place now too. And uh, they come, they have their comeuppance. Their comeuppance, and then we see that I guess the story changed from they were drug addicts because in this epilogue where we're like where everybody is now, we see Kate and Simon's names are like in honor of. So I guess they're not considered. We don't know. We're we're not explained why they were absolved. Because by all means, they should technically still be thought as drug druggies who tried to kill their friends. I mean, if if it oh, was I the guess cop the, story, if yeah, it was Nick Good, I guess they do say bad. Nick Good was the serial killer behind all this stuff. But um, they don't go any further. What if the news was like, "Turns out supernatural shit is real tonight on Five? <laughs> yeah, 
Church is always open. <laughs> Church is always open, and maybe we should all go, because turns out the <laughs> devil is real. <laughs> he, sh- he, he showed up more than God in this series. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, what do we get? We get Josh meet uh gets dropped off at school meets the janitor from the mall and they're selling um portable disc play like walkmans essentially and it's like a or it's like a portable cd player that's too big yeah <laughs> and the uh that was one of the moments i go oh shit yeah because it's, it's 1994 because i was like why the hell is he selling like is he selling like part oh it's 1994 shit and then he meets because he's some girl who signs his cast as her AOL screen name, which is super weird. While also giving advice on how to make it smaller. Yeah. Drops that SSD line. And uh, I laugh because that means she knows he's... Mm-hmm. He, so she knows and he didn't know she was him. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of funny. Plus, that's so much writing. It's like, just write your real name and then just like kind of like wink and be like talk to you online yeah talk to you tonight and be like you're yeah it just means like you're you know what i mean so we get that uh dina goes to meet sam at the grave of (laughs) sarah fierce (laughs) and have burgers and i didn't get this she was like wow you actually brought burgers did they make a joke in the first one or something about getting burgers? I don't remember this. I, I don't either. But that line felt like a callback that I did not get. So that was weird. I mean, so was the guy selling stuff out of his car. I don't remember him ever bringing up that he was selling electronics, but maybe I missed that. He 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 was talking about the idea in the first episode. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay. I missed that because that fell out of le- right field. I was like, what the hell? But Gillian Jacobs, Ziggy, goes and brings the journal that she kept from camp to the nurse who still lives in town, and that's her epilogue? I feel like her epilogue should have been she's leaving the town. Like, it should have been her packing up the car, putting Major Tom in the car, like, saying goodbye to the town and leaving. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like it should have been a finally she's able to leave. That should have been hers, not... Go see the nurse who was, I guess, her only friend at camp. Maybe two people healing that hadn't been able to heal from the episodes in the 70s. I guess. Trying to move on. And they, I guess she was going to talk to her about like what happened and explain what happened, maybe. I guess I could buy that. The more I think about that, I guess that makes sense. But they should have had her vocalize it. They should have been like, I know what happened to Ruby. I'm okay not, though, because Jillian, she did not do a good job. I think she did okay. I, I don't think she had a lot to work with. They just kind of told her to be like... Slightly manic. Yeah. So, and then that's the epilogue we get. And, well, the post credit scene, though, someone went down there and stole the devil book. And uh, that means they're definitely going to revisit this, which I'm fine with. If they do more fun kind of stories like this, I hope they branch out and do different kinds of horror. Like, I would love for them to do a monster one. Wouldn't that be fun? Like a real monster one? Where there's like a werewolf or not a Frankenstein, but something. Uh, I hate to say vampires because vampires now are so hit or miss. Uh, But like maybe vampires could be cool. I'd like them to do that. But yeah, this was probably our longest episode ever. Uh, I mean, we did three movies. Yeah, I'm going to timestamp it. 
I should have said that at the beginning. I'll timestamp when we start talking about each one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, to kind of split it up, but this is by far our longest one. We talked about three movies, and I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, Peter, do you have any? We kind of talked about how would you fix it throughout, and I did my whole rant about the ending because, and I guess to kind of like hit it home, what mine would be my fix it besides the stupid accents in 1666 would be Sarah Fierce is still a vengeful spirit. She kind of partners up with Solomon Good at the end before she dies. You know what I mean? Like, so they kind of divvy up what's going to happen. So kind of how I explain with that. So that means how they beat, beat the evil in the end needed to be, they reunite the body by reuniting the body with uh, the hand of Sarah Fuller. That still gives her the like truth of what happened, but that lifts the curse of Shadyville. So that should have been that part. Then what stops the killers and the devil possession shit should have been them dealing with Nick good. And there's different ways to like visualize that. Like, like they did with the dump truck hitting the car. Like some, they could have had good luck with something when, after they reunited the body where it's like a, Holy shit. Like that was good luck with an E. Yeah. Good, good E luck. And again, like I talked on it, they'd have to rework how the brothers are incorporated, but, have the mayor be the manic, you know, manic like mustache twirling evil villain, and have Nick be just this. I don't want to keep doing this anymore. Shit, because because that even plays into why he showed up to the mall and shot Skullface. Because you can even play into the that he's been trying to stop it. Like once he does the name, he tries to go and minimize the damage. Yeah. You could even play into that of like. Whenever he wrote the name, he immediately went to try to find him. And just as soon as they did what, like one kill or something like that, he downed him. You know what I mean? Minimize the, like that could even play into it. And it would have been an interesting dynamic villain where he's still an evil piece of shit because he's dealing with the devil and he's allowing these people to be murdered, but it comes across less soulless, I guess. Yeah. You'd also feel like they would be a little more protective of the tree. Yeah, that, I was thinking about that too. Like it just is off the side of the road. The, like not just the yeah, the gravesite as well as the tree and the fact that it's still in Shadyville, like you I don't know. Oh, I definitely mean the tree where you bleed on and you get Oh yeah. blessed with the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like that that would definitely have had something happen around it. Yeah. But again, yeah, so that's that's the only fix I would have had cuz I I still like the idea of Sarah being a vengeful spirit would have been more fun and kind of play into kind of the dichotomy of she, because like Sarah felt rejected and was killed by her town for being a lesbian. So she, you know, fuck you town. I'm going to whatever Dina set up to almost that same thing. Yeah. And she does the opposite. They could have played into that. And that could have been fun too. Like where Dina's given a choice, the basically the same choice, and she does the opposite. That kind of could have been fun, and play more into the just like duality of the story. I don't know. That could have been fun, but at the same time, I again, I don't think this was poorly written ending. Like I, I didn't. The movie didn't end and me go, oh, that was stupid. I was just kind of like, oh, I feel like they could have done more with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it looks like they will. Maybe. 
But uh, do you have anything you would have fixed? No, I mean, I really, I, I kind of just liked it as it was. Yeah. I'm surprised. We actually were mo- a lot more positive. I feel like, I feel like I almost like psyched this out when I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm nervous we're going to just shit on this movie. And then <laughs> we actually said a lot of positive things. I definitely think this is exactly what it, what it is in terms of it's a Netflix horror film that's totally all over the place. Um, but it's actually decent. Yeah. Like they put out some shitters. A lot of shitters. And this is actually good. Yeah. And so it's just fun. The, uh, that's how I've been pitching it to people when they've asked, they're like, Oh, did you like Fisher? I say it was fun. I think it's kind of cutting into our reviews cause we do need to wrap this up. I a hundred percent worth your free time yes. just because it's fun. Yeah. I think, Part of the downside I had when I watched the first one was the Netflix clout that happens when new stuff comes out that's even semi-popular. That's also why I'm waiting to watch the Squid Game for a little while. Because it's not that I don't want to watch it. When things on Netflix get so hyped up and do this whole like, you're not watching the Squid Game? Or you haven't watched Fear Street? It's one of the best things Netflix has ever put out. And then I watch it and I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's better than like 80% of what they put out. But that's not... That's not hereditary. That's yeah. not like reinventing modern horror. Yeah, put it this outside is just, of Netflix and it's fine. Yeah, this is super fine. I'm not mad I watched it at all. But let's not like blow smoke up and be like, oh, Netflix has mastered horror. Like some of the reviews, <laughs> some of the reviews that came out, I'm like, okay, no. Yeah, like there are other things they've done that I'm like, I think that's more interesting. Yeah, and uh, allegedly, even though this story is not from the books at all, because the Fear Street books, which I never read. I read Goosebumps and I never read Fear Street. Um, I don't know why. I guess by the... I guess we were in that weird group of friends, though, that, like... This sounds like a weird humble brag, almost. But we went from, like, kids' books to adults' books. Like, we didn't really go through, like, a teen books phase. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only the only one like that... We read Redwall. Oh, was that a teen book? I've I've looked at that as more of a kids book too. And at least at Barnes and Noble, they had it. They did have it in the like adult section, and then they like re-released in some other publisher, and then they were put in the kids section. They were never in the young adult, but they were on both sides. So I I don't know. They were written for children though. Uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. I like I just I feel like we went from. You know, goosebumps and shit like that. Oh yeah, and then to, we were in Tom Clancy. Yeah, Tom Clancy and, and like, like Lord of the Rings and yeah. shit, where you're just like immediately into adult literature. And again, I don't want that to come across like a humble brag thing of like, oh, we skipped teen books. It just what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's just the drivel that was <laughs> young adult. Everything but it, I. But oh. this made me want to look into what those books were like because yeah. even though this isn't a direct story from the books, there's homages apparently to Fear Street books, and I'm curious if they're this brutal. They're not. Apparently, R.L. Stein was like, "Hey, just so you know, this is going to be a rough watch." <laughs> like he legitimately came out and was like, "Don't expect." the goosebumps or oh i bet like i'm surprised they didn't get ahead of that more and just be like this is not the goosebumps movie this is not the yeah, goosebumps they're movie. all hard r's yeah so yeah bread slicer is gonna stick with me for a while yeah apparently people like didn't they fucking do this all the time when south park is like this is a cartoon how can it be so bad and it's like this has rl stein's name how could this be so rough and you're like yeah but like 
Do you ever look at ratings? That's what they're there for. I know. Oh well. Okay. Let's let's close this out. So you would say worth your free time. Yeah. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be back. I don't know. I I guess it. I think it's your pick for a horror film. Uh, but we're gonna do hopefully a couple more before Halloween, and then we'll do a couple after Halloween. Mm. So um, I'm excited to see what we do. But happy what Halloween, and um, stay off of Fear Street. Yeah. <laughs> don't get butchered and killed. And stay out of shady. <laughs> stay side. out of the shady side. <laughs> oh shit. Exactly. <laughs>